episode 97. I have lost my fiance, the poor baby. <laughs> Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> what? The dingo ate your baby. Traveling in a fighter combat. Trailhead full of zombies. I met a strange lady. She made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And she said, Do you come from a land down under? I'm Asus, the man on the other side of the mic is EC. How you doing, EC? Doing well. Another uh, another awesome day. A day not to get too optimistic about, but one I can actually be happy about. So it's uh, actually a really good day today. Well, it was a better one yesterday, EC. I just want to wish you a happy belated birthday. I know I, I gave you a call, and uh, I know we missed each other yesterday, but a happy belated birthday. How? I mean, I know, I know, a, I know a lady never tells her tells her age but how old are you i am 41 years young yesterday or today <laughs> so uh thank you for calling thank you for reaching out uh really really nice it's an awesome day uh, i got to spit it with my family which was awesome so um it was really really good uh good food good drinks good cake so i uh can't complain at all it was, it was an excellent excellent way to uh Ring in another year. Speaking of your cake, EC, I saw it online. Yes, yes. Please, please come on. Tell the other fans what your cake looked like because it looked, first of all, it looked delicious. Uh, but you know, whoever baked it, whoever made it, I commend them because the graphic design, everything on there, perfect. So tell tell everybody what your cake was. Yeah. So my wife, as usual, uh, coming through. Uh, hid the cake from me for three days uh i kept peeking in the refrigerator i wasn't allowed to look in the box but uh pulled out what was a a chocolate uh because that's my favorite flavor chocolate uh manchester united um beautiful uh red and black fondant uh cake which i posted on twitter um just beautiful the detail the scarf the crest, everything was just uh, to a T. So, um, shout out to Tabitha Fultz again for coming through with the cake. Didn't expect it at all. Just expected a regular chocolate cake, and uh, she blew my socks off. And it actually tasted good as well. So that that uh, that always helps. Did she do the art herself, or did she have it made? No, she didn't do the art. She, she's got a uh, baker that she she frequents, and that does cakes for the girls uh, and things like that. So. Um, there's another one of those where she reached out and uh, gave her the design kind of concept. Uh, and she, I think she hit a home run. I thought she hit a grand slam. I was very impressed. That cake was so. awesome. I mean, it was, uh, you know what? I can't even remember what my cake and my, and my wedding, but I want to say it was a Manchester United cake. But that, cake <laughs> that cake looked a hell of a lot better than my one I had my wedding. Don't tell my wife. Don't tell my wife. That's, right? that's our dirty little secret. <laughs> Happy 41st birthday 
Uh, you're a year older than me, uh, but you look a uh, hell of a lot better than I do. So, you know, I guess uh, I need my, I'm getting too gray haired to see, you know, these girls that I have. <coughs> but, uh, sorry guys, we didn't have a podcast that last week or the past two weeks. I just got back, uh, got back from vacation. Uh, we went to uh, the Royal Caribbean cruise. Shout out to Royal Caribbean. Uh, God, man, you see, I didn't want to come back. I really did not want to come back. I wanted to stay. I, you know, I didn't. I mean, I didn't care about the island. I mean, the islands were pretty awesome. You know what I mean? I'd rather stay on the boat. You know what I mean? This food, the drinks, uh, the pools. My kid, my youngest kid, she. Um, that's all. That's all she wanted to do. I mean, we'd sit by the pool, and she was just a little like a like a what are the guinea pigs, right? That you have the kids have that the hamsters, right? Hamsters in the wheel. All you see her, she, there was she was in the kitty splash pad, and there's a, this small like you know like it's a small little slide. I mean it's not for kid babies, but you know it's for little you know kids. All you saw her was this: get up there, slide down, run, 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 get up there, slide down, run, 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 get up there, slide down, run, 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 back up and back down. She did that shit for like four hours straight. Easy. I'm like, dude, does this kid get tired or not? <coughs> she wanted to stay in the water all day. She's like me when I was young, but. I mean, again, I commend the, the staff at Royal Caribbean. They were, I mean, they're just awesome people. You know, I met, uh, I'm, obviously, the my friends are bartenders. So, you know, you know, the, uh, shout out to all my uh, my bartenders. Mackenzie, she's from Jamaica. Uh, Kelvin, Trinidad and Tobago. You know, I met, uh, you know, growing, I'm dating in Christina from Romania. And, you know, these people from all around the world, you know, you know giving their stories, talking to them at the bar, and I, I was probably, that's probably the best vacation I've ever been on, and that's, I mean, I've been to Disney World, like, my family, my mother and father took me, that, this, this past vacation's probably the best I've ever had, and the best time I've ever had, but, uh, yeah, again, shout out to Royal Caribbean, but last week, I was just, I was just dog tired, coming home, and having to, you know, having to unpack, and then come back to work. So my bad. I know. I know. I said we're gonna have a pod when I got back from my vacation, but unfortunately, guys, I was just wasn't feeling up to it. Even though we started off our preseason EC last week in what what is the on, on a Hangover Two? What do they call it? What, they don't call it Bangkok for nothing, sweetie, or something like that. When, uh, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> when Ed Helms' his character finds out that he uh, makes love to a uh, you know uh, or get, uh, you know what I mean the stripper scene in the in the brothel. Yes. <laughs> so we started off in Bangkok last week. Uh, you know, there's been we, and we started with a win, a win over whom you see? Liverpool. What you got to celebrate? You can't get too excited because it is preseason. Uh, we did start. I think the starting squad they uh, brought on their starters kind of slowly um, into the mix, but they did play. Um, but anytime you beat Liverpool, you got to celebrate. So um, four nothing. Um, good to see some guys hitting their stride or getting into form again. Um, you know, I got to, didn't get to watch the whole game, so I can only speak of, of highlights, but, um, um, from, you know, from everything I got, um, you know, wasn't a sold out stadium due to the ticket prices being a little, little too high. Um, but the people that were there about 50 to 60,000, uh, reportedly, um, they got to see um, kind of the style of play that um, we're not really too, too accustomed to seeing. So, you know, 
I think we kind of got spoiled for a game uh, in the last era of the last coach. And we, and I, I know for me, I thought, well, that's what he said he's going to do, but it didn't last. I think here with this, this new regime, you see kind of a pressing style kind of consistent. So, um, you know, he's kind of showing that he's the boss. He's in control. He's going to be here for four years. I think the players are kind of in a good position win-win for us because they're really playing for their livelihoods, i.e. Martial, Rashford. You know, these are kids who I think if they have one more bad season um, are out of the club. So it's kind of a good position for Ten Hag to be in for his first season to be where these guys are under pressure and they look really good against Liverpool. Too, um, too hyped about the Liverpool match because like you said uh, we started our pretty much our starting lineup throughout the whole year you know the hair was in goal um, Varane and I uh, know uh, Harry didn't start because he was quote unquote I guess coming off an injury <coughs> but it was Varane and Lindelof uh, we had Shaw and the lo- on the other side no Basaka started I want to say right uh, no um Aaron did not start uh, that game. So you had uh, Delot, you had Varand, Lindelof, Shaw, Scott McTominay, Fred in the double pivot, Sancho, Fernandez, Rashford, and Martial up top. Yeah. So pretty much, when coming into the look, we'll, we'll talk about Ronaldo here later, but that if, and if we don't get uh, De Jong, and who knows where Martinez is going to play. That's our starting lineup going into the season, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So when you, when you watched the Liverpool match and you watched who they played against, um, it was the scrubs. You know, what I mean, it was like the I mean, their first team players. Just I mean, just like I mean, they're their their second, third string players. So I couldn't get too jazzed about it because it was their second and third team players. Uh, but yet the style of play. Um, the change of play, the change of pace, the the give a fuck attitude that I've been I wanted all last season, and so now, again, you see, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna toot my own horn, but I mean, I know you talk about when you're coach and you have direction, but just giving a hell and closing somebody down on defense, you saw that. Um, but again, it was against their second and third team. I was more impressed by the subs that we brought on against their first teamers, right? Because uh, we brought on Iqbal, we brought Savage, uh, Igala, uh, Fukundo Palestri, uh, these kids that were going up against Salah, that were going up against, you know, Virgil van Dyke, that were going against, uh, you know, the midfield that, that, that Liverpool had. And they kept them, even though the Liverpool was, you know, you know coming, you know, Trying to bang on, you know, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Um, they couldn't score, and it was obviously Eric Bailly had a big part to play in that. Eric Bailly, um, in the past couple of matches, I don't think he played yesterday or this morning. I'm sorry, um, he didn't play this morning. Alaire did, and he got a red card. Um, but the past two matches, Eric Bailly, he's what we've been saying. What, what have I always said? He's the injury-prone Sergio Ramos, right? 
let's see if he can, you know, he's been playing out of his mind. He's been getting forward. I think this, this system suits him. Uh, but again, they held the Liverpool first team, our, our what you'd say, our reserves, you know, our uh, under 23s. Most of, that, most of that team was U23s. They held them to what? No, po- no points. So that was very that was very promising out of that first. I mean, obviously, I don't want to get too. The first team did what the first team should have done, is put the second team and third stringers away, and they did that. Uh, I think we're up three 0 and then Facundo, uh, Palestri, that breakout play that they had. Um, you know, when Eric Bai started it from coming from the back, you know, Eric Bai started it. You know, and unfortunately, Ahmad didn't make um, make the pass to him. Uh, he made the pass to Palestri. You know, Palestri didn't dish it off, you know, to give him that goal. To, you know, but you know, Palestri got a goal. So, it's the change in culture. I think you see it. You see uh, the change in fitness and the change in tactics that you saw in the first match. Um, coming into after that match, then we fly out to Melbourne and we play Melbourne FC. Uh, I did not. <laughs> I saw highlights. I wasn't able to. The game was at 5 o'clock in the morning, and obviously it was like a work morning. It was, you know what I mean? It was a work day. I'm not going to get up at 5 in the morning, and watch a match, and then head out to work. Uh, so um, I'm just referring referring to highlights. Uh, shout out, uh, uh, the thing that I want to tell, uh, I don't know about you, EC, uh, Amazon Prime or Amazon Fire Stick, you don't get the Manchester United app. I know you have the Manchester United TV app. But unfortunately, Manchester United, the United app, the TV app has now reverted back to the Manchester United app. So you don't have, uh, Amazon doesn't have that app. So screw y'all because I, I mean, I hate projecting it from my phone to my TV because if I get a phone call or something like that, then I'm, I'm screwed, right? I can't just put it on mute and still watch the game when I'm talking to my phone. Anyways, don't get it off topic. Anyways, um, but uh, Melbourne comes out and scores. Right, I mean, within the, the first seven minutes, <clears throat> and then kept and then kept us one nil to probably about the the latter part of the thirty minute. And who scores? Who who opens their account? Tony Martial, right? Yeah, Tony scored again. Uh, would be two and two uh, for him at that point. At that point, two and two, and then the floodgates open uh, with McTominay scoring that fluke goal. I'm not a goal is a goal is a goal. But, you know, McTominay scoring, and then, you know, the second half was, you know, we, we scored two more goals. Uh, Sancho, I believe, scores, uh, and who else scores? Uh, was it Ilanga? What did I say? Uh, Rashford scored again. Um, and then, so we get to today. 3-0. Uh, I think today... Well, I- I want to go back really quick. Yeah. The one goal that they did score, I don't know if you got to see it or not, but it was early in the game. But we're, we're playing a really high line, and Maguire gets beat for pace. And someone who, I don't know who this kid is, is Oka Okan Midis, outruns him and scores the first goal. And fair play to him was a good finish. But that's what we want to do. We want to hold a high line with the center backs. That's what he's always done. So... If we're going to continue to dominate the ball, which we've been doing in the past three games, I think it's going to be really tough for Harry to, to stay in the lineup. But go ahead, go ahead with the the game today. No, yeah, we, let's let's talk about that because I mean that's that was when 
when Ted Head comes out to the media and says, Harry Maguire's my captain, I know people like ape shit. You know what I mean? And, and, and arguably so. But shit like that, when Harry Maguire can't, has no pace, he's in the box, he's in the box center back. You know what I mean? It, if we, he can't play the style of play that we're going to need to be playing. You know? And I think it's irresponsible for Ten Hag to come in out and flat out say that. Because honestly, I heard a comparison to Mark Noble. Mark Noble's fucking retired. You know what I mean? His last, I mean, he was on his last legs when he was the club captain and he wasn't on the pitch. Harry Maguire's young. He's expensive. So when you say you're, he's going to be the captain, um, you just put put yourself in a, you know, you back yourself into a corner that you might not get out of. And it's going to force you, force your hand to play Harry Maguire or else the press in England are going to eat his ass up. You know, they're going to bring a, why'd you name him then? You know, why'd you name him then? You know, why'd you name him the captain? You know, he shouldn't have been captain in the first place. I think that's one the big, first big mistake that, uh, that Eric Ten Hag has made. But the progress that he's had on the pitch and with the players has, has, been, has been astronomical. Uh, but that's the first big mistake that he should he should have kept his mouth shut and say, you know what, I'm not, I haven't evalu- I'm not done evaluating my players. I will name a captain at the beginning of the season. And, all, and you say, what about Harry? Say all players, all first-team players are eligible to be captain, period. You know, just bland, simple-ass, broke-ass question, right? You know, you don't need to. You don't need to commit right now. Him doing so has now said that whomever is going to play, whether it be Eric Bailly, whether it be Rafael Varane, whether it be Lindelof, um, whether it be this new signing Lissandro Martinez, in, you know that you're going to have to pair him with uh, Harry Maguire, or them, whoever it is, and it's it sucks. And yes, he was. I mean, they caught him out of. You know, they caught him. They caught him. They had his weakness. And if we're going to play a high line like that, Mo Salah's going to burn his ass every time. Uh, anybody, anybody in the league with pace, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, this kid is playing in the Australian league, and, you know, it's, it's not anywhere close to any of the top leagues anywhere. Um, and he just, he just ran right past him. So it's going to be difficult, I think, for him. I agree with you wholeheartedly. He should have definitely waited until the preseason was over. Uh, um, but that just lets you know, you know, we do have owners in charge who probably said to him, listen, this is an English kid. He's young. We we want an English captain. Can you please support that? And that's I, I believe that's something that, that he went on ahead and, and said. I, I think that's why he made that decision. I don't think it was based off of his his own uh, his own wanting. But, you know, you live and you die by the things that you do as a coach and. There's going to be some good things. There's going to be some bad things. I agree with you. I think that was a mistake on his part, naming somebody just so early when we still have a couple more preseason games to go. Sorry about I mean, that. Even, I'll, even, I'll, even, sorry if that. At, even if you look at today, Crystal Palace game, he got booed. And I don't agree with people booing, but it's it's someone that the fans are looking at. Like, again, for me, He's another one I would put on the list of, you know, players who have something to prove this season. He had a very bad season last year. Um, I'd put him in the list with Tony. I put him in the list with Rashford. 
uh, Van de Beek. These are all players who need to prove themselves. So, um, you know, he's got a lot. He's got a lot to live up to. It being a World Cup year as well. Um, does Southgate pick him? So there's a lot of things that they're going to come into play with the captain for Manchester United. Do you think the English FA had something to do with that? Uh, to where, because he's, and he, you know, this is a World Cup year that he needs to have playing time, and it's against, it's you know. It's I wouldn't say so much FA. I would definitely say the Glazers. I would definitely say the Glazers would like to keep a brand of having an English captain because it fits a narrative. Um, to have a Spanish captain in De Gea who should be the captain of the team, um, I don't think that bodes well for imaging and branding. I think having a young English um, English player who Southgate favors um, be the captain of, of the best team in, in, in England, um, I think that's the narrative that they wanted to go with. And I think Ten Ha basically said, you know what, I'll go ahead and roll with it. If I've got to sit my captain, I'll sit him because I don't I don't think he's going to die with Harry Maguire. I really don't. I think the reason they went and got a center back or someone who can play center back is because he understands that, one, we need strength and depth, but also this kid might not be able to do what I need to do. And the kid he brought in is not only a good center back, but he's also good on the ball. He's good with his feet. Uh, he can challenge. He's gone up against the likes of Erlen Holland. You've all saw the YouTube clips one time, essentially shutting them down. One time. And I, 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 for me, if you can do it once, you can do it again. That's not, my, not, that's my belief. Weekend, so it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you're world class. We'll it just means that you have the capability of doing it again. That's what, that's why people measure things on ceilings. It doesn't mean every single time you're going to shut, shut it down, but it does mean when you come up against quality, you have the capability. doesn't mean you're going to go out and do a 10 out of 10, mm-hmm. but it does mean I know you've got it in you somewhere to pull that out. So that to me showed a lot. Um, and I think they're looking at those things and saying, the only thing you can do is project on the players that you've played against. Now, obviously, um, Maguire has had good uh, seasons for us or a season for us. And so he's also capable of doing that. And so I would always temper fans who were quick to throw players in a trash can. Always remember when they, if they, if they were able to do it once, they can always do it again. So, um, I think there's going to be a, a, a challenge. I think Scotty, obviously, who he played today, and I know you started to talk about the Crystal Palace game. Um, he didn't play his best today in just a little bit that I was able to see. So, you know, I think there's op- there's opportunity for players. I don't think anything's uh, essentially set in stone other than the goalkeeper, as you mentioned, the center back and Maguire. But I think everything else, um, besides maybe Jaden and Bruno, I think everyone else has to kind of prove themselves and kind of prove what they're going to be able to bring to the table. No, I mean, uh, I agree about the Harry Maguire thing. Okay, you want to give him a chance? Okay, let him prove it. But when you get bust burned like that against Melbourne, you know Melbourne team. Do do are the booze warranted? It's telling. Are the booze yeah, warranted? It's very telling. Are the booze warranted? I think you're allowed to do that. I just think we, and and I don't want to say that I'm saying it's about fans. I'm saying about myself included. We are so quick to just take a player, put him on a pedestal. I mean, I, Wambasaka, he was, I loved him. Mm -hmm. I thought the guy was absolutely amazing. And then he wasn't. And I'm like, okay, let's, I'm, I'm over it. You know, I'm almost wanting them to, to, to get rid of him um, and move in a different direction. 
and they did on one side of the pitch, and I think they're really going to um, roll with uh, Delac, um, which isn't a mistake, but I do think they should go ahead and get another player. But I think, you know, if you're out there and if we know you're capable of doing something, mm-hmm. for me, it's it's a confidence thing and it's an understanding of what the manager is wanting you to do. I mean, if you look at the game today, you see Malasia and Delac essentially assisting each other in the box, which... I can't remember the last time we did anything close to that, which led to a goal today. So, I, you know, he wants to get forward. He wants to possess the ball. He wants his left and right backs to get forward and get involved in the play and the attack. Um, and that's something that we haven't seen in, in quite some time. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited, but I'm, I'm not going in. I, I heard a couple people say, you know, Champions League. I don't know. <laughs> I want to see a real game. I want to see, you know, real, you know, something that means something. These games mean that we're getting fit. These games mean that we're understanding what the managers want us to do. And for me, that's it. Now, have I been happy to watch United in a long time? No. And that's for me, that's kind of the the shining light, able to see them beat Liverpool, beat Crystal Palace, who are in their league, and then do what you're supposed to do against the likes of um, Melbourne FC. Also get to see some of the youth who, you know, I thought might shine through. These kids might be U23s or some of them might be loaned out for the season, which is fine for their development. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about those things. As far as the scores and the things of that nature, not getting too caught up in that. Well, but I'm, I'm definitely happier to see uh, the way that we're playing. Well, let's, let's get into the scores, CC. Uh, today we scored 3-0 to, um, to Crystal Palace. 3-1. 3-1, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought today was probably the most complete game that we played. A better game out of all the, all the other two. Uh, they still have a lot of work. Uh, but, again, common denominator, who scores? Tony scored again. Three out of the three. Rashi scored again. And, and Jaden scored a, a beautiful goal. Rashi's was probably the best of the bunch. Best I've seen, I don't know, you could probably put that second goal that was scored by Rashford ultimately up with maybe the 08 team, the way that that goal was orchestrated and played. I haven't seen anything like that from the previous four or five managers. I mean, the touch in the box from Tony back to Van de Beek and then back inside to Rashford. Three, I think two Palace players ending up on the floor, one inside the goal. I mean, that's just... That's what we're supposed to be getting, right? And when they sell you something, and I know I've bought into he wants this one-touch move, pass, score type of system. When you see that, you go, okay, let's do it again. Let's repeat, rinse and repeat. So um, I'm very, very optimistic about the style because, like I said, we've all talked about these players having the potential I've seen them one-touch the ball. I've seen them get it off their feet quickly. But can you consistently do that, not just in your domestic leagues, but can you get into the uh, Europa League? Can you do it? Can you do it in a big cup game? Can you do it on the road against Liverpool? Those are all things that we have yet to see this squad um, of players do. So I just want them to continue to grow. Ten Ha is, is a coach who is on the pitch. He's yelled at players. I love the fact that he yelled at Jaden Sancho uh, in the first game. Uh, and there wasn't a peep. There wasn't a, you know, screw that. I may, I, I, I was bought for $70 million. I'm not going to get yelled at. There was this, 
you're going to do what I need you to do or else type of mentality. I don't know you uh, want to speak later about Ten Hag's his, his rules and kind of Let's do it now. how he wants players to behave. Let's do it now because I think that that is that has you see it on the pitch. When I, I know when um, when they brought up what was it two weeks ago? Last week. Uh yeah, about two weeks, about eleven days ago, they yeah. these uh, rules came out. I was still in, I was still uh, on vacation when it came out. I know I watched. I mean, I listen to Talk Sport. I really like it. I like Simon Jordan, and I know people. I'm gonna get fucking flack for that. I really do because he has my opinions. I mean, I kind of align with him. You know, I don't listen to it all the time, but I, that, I I always listen to it on Facebook. So I never. Li- I mean, but he agreed. I mean, I like him. I really do. But you know, everybody was just bashing Ten Hag on that that show because you know, you know, these are just simple rules. But like I've said the past couple of years, after Jose left, right? You know, he was an authoritarian. After Jose left, it was like the inmates running the asylum, you know? The kids running, you know, the classroom. And now when somebody comes in and says, no, 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 I'm going to do this. It's my way or the highway, seems like it. Uh, he don't give a shit. He's going to, you're not going to play. That's what the, you know, that's what these players needed. And a lot of the stuff that he's saying, like, you know, it's subtle to, like about the social media stuff. You know, about, you know, he makes a little backhanded comment about social media and players and, you know, like, and, you know, it's just one of those things that <coughs> they have to care more about football than social media. I've been saying that for how long, you see? And I know, I know you say, you know, you say players are a brand. I know you say that they care more about their, or, and then I said they care more about the brand than the club. And you say, we have, we've gone back and forth on this, this topic. Um, when he comes out and says something like that, I'm fine. Um, you know about the, you know the, no drinking during during the season. Or what do you say? No drinking during match weeks. I was like, what the fuck is it? Not a match week. Other than when you go on international break. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's just, um, the, you know the, the you get here. You know you're on time. Get here early. You know the, the you're gonna do. I mean I think they're doing two days right now. Two training sessions. Well, that's not gonna happen during the season. Because you know they have, they have to have recovery time and stuff like that, but it seems like he has a structure that he's not gonna not gonna deviate from, no matter who you are, and uh, and again, no matter who you are, is the guy that's sitting out because I think one one was you're gonna eat at the canteen, which is the, the lunch room I guess for the the room, and you're not gonna have personal cooks, you're not gonna have personal chefs. Well, Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, I don't know if that's a backhanded slap to him or what, or ruled that him because that's all him, right? He has people that cook his food. He has people that, that he does his own training. So what's going to happen to him when, when Cristiano Ronaldo's off working in Portugal on his own when he's dealing with these quote-unquote family things? Uh, when he comes back, is he going to fall under, under 10 Hag's rule? <coughs> Who knows? But the way he's coming across... Uh, ruling with the, maybe I, I'm not saying ruling with an iron fist, but you know he doesn't talk too much to the media like Sir Alex did, you know at, right off the beginning. Uh, I know Sir Alex disdained the media, you know he's you know he had to talk to him and he only told him you know, he's like Greg Popovich, right? Um, but it's just one of those things. It's you know he's gonna only tell them what they need to know and that's it. And the, the media can write whatever the fuck they want, but he has to stick to those rules. 
Uh, and and uh, yet he has to stick to the plan. He has to stick to the game plan. He has to adapt to the game plan, do you know whatnot. But um, he has to stick to the structure. I'm not saying not the game plan, the structure of what he set out, and not not treat anybody different. I know Sir Alex deviated that when Eric Cantona came into you know uh, came into the picture, right? Uh, you know, but. Maybe it's, he's, he's going to have to do that to Ronaldo. I don't know. Who knows uh, if Ronaldo stays. But you see the different tone in the players. Like you say, maybe they haven't, they're having to. They're they're on their last leg, and they have to impress. It's a World Cup year, and they have to impress. Maybe they're doing it for that, which is bad. There was a bad reason. They should believe in this man and follow this man, and follow his rules and respect his rules. If he respects them, they're gonna to have to respect him. Am I correct? Well, I, I think I, I agree with most of what you're saying, but I think most players that I've listened to and 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 even some bud pundits who have followed uh, players pretty closely, most of these cats don't follow blindly. Most of them want to see a product and see it work. And if it's not working, they're not going to follow suit. They're not going to follow regiments. They're not going to follow instructions because they just don't believe in the guy. So I think it's, I think it's still up in the air, in my opinion, as far as where the guys uh, are, as far as belief. Um, you may you may see someone like a Van de Beek who kind of knows him and knows how he trains and how he coaches. He may have an ultimate like belief or understanding, but I think the other guys are kind of – waiting and watching. And I think results like this are only going to help them say, okay, everything this cat's saying in training, it's actually coming to fruition out on the pitch as opposed to this guy's running his mouth and yelling and screaming and we're getting blasted for nothing. So I think that takes time. That's just, I think that's any natural person. It's going to take time for you to earn someone's respect. In relation to the, the rules, I mean, one of them says complaints will will only be shared with the coach and not with their agents. I think that's never going to happen, especially nowadays um, when there's millions of dollars at stake. These players are going to talk to their agents. So that that one, to me, is not going to work. I do like the body mass index check, the monthly body mass check. I think that's great, especially coming in off of you know breaks and things of that nature, making sure that fitness is something that is key. I, I love that rule. Um, as far as food is concerned, at Carrington, if it's prepared there, I don't think that'll be so much of an issue. I think it's more policing, you know, our players, younger ones, especially going to McDonald's, going to Burger King. Are they still staying at a, at a fit regimen as far as eating is concerned? Um, the alcohol one's going to be difficult to police. There's stories back in the day of Sir Alex Ferguson going to these bars and, and breaking into hotels and telling kids to, you know, not be drinking. You got a game this week. What are you doing? I don't think it's going to get that serious, but you know, you don't want to be caught out in the news at the bar pictures taken. I think th those things. And then lastly, the one that I thought was the biggest players would be dropped. He used the word dropped on ESPN reporting that if you're late to training, you won't play. So I don't have a problem with the guy coming in and saying, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and so I agree with all that. I just think that the respect thing from players, from a player's perspective, I will definitely respect you if everything that you're teaching is coming to fruition out on the pitch. But they have to 
and then the opposite the opposite side of the coin you see they have to buy into it so it can come to fruition they can't have yeah, it's a, it's, a, I mean? it's a two-sided coin yeah. you when when a, when a new coach comes in there's a lot of moving parts and i think ten has been blasted for kind of saying to himself i'm going to get players i know and i know myself uh, included i've said well, man, it just seems like we just need to go to, to the Eredivisie and just get whoever we want because that's all he's picking. But that's what he knows, right? So if he knows a player and knows his tendencies and knows what he likes and knows what he doesn't like, it's going to be easier for that player to buy in. But when you get somewhere new, these guys are looking at you and they're going, what have you done? What's your CV like? Have you won a Champions League? Have you won a title in a major league? And if you haven't, you're going to have to then go out on the pitch, which he does. He puts on a tracksuit, he puts on cleats, and he's on the pitch. And he's saying, listen, this is what I want. This is exactly where I want you to a T, and even yelling at star players and saying, that's not what I told you to do. So for me, if I'm a player and I and I come in to training and it's brand new, there's new, new energy, new players, I'm going to wait and see how things go. And if you're telling me to do something and I'm doing it and it works – well, of course, I'm going to have a, a different level of respect for you than I would for, say, someone that comes in, is yelling and screaming, is out on the pitch, running around in his cleats, and it's just not coming off. It won't work. So it's twofold. It's definitely something that uh, is is going to have to be reciprocated, but I, reciprocated, but I don't think that uh, respect is just one way. You come in, and, and, and now you're in charge, so I'm going to have to respect everything that you say. I don't think that it works out that way. So I think ultimately he's doing a great job to start things out. And I think ultimately what will wind up happening is that we'll have a situation or an opportunity to be able to see if these players can adapt to this new style and to some of these new rules that you talked about earlier. But there's, I, I, like I, I don't think there's anything wrong with anyone coming in and saying, look, this is exactly um, what I'm going to want to do and this is how I'm going to do it. I, I love the last point that you made where you talked about, you know, are you going to be able to actually hold these guys accountable? Is it going to be a situation where, say, Bruno's late or say, you know, Sancho's on a scoring streak and he's late to practice a couple minutes? Is he going to drop him? Those are all things that the media is going to pick up on because he's kind of put put these things out there. So. No problem with these. He's, he's a boss. Boss has to have rules. You got to You got to set a tone. He's trying to do that, and that's it. that's I like that. I like someone coming in and saying this is what I want to do. So it's going to be tough. Some of them, um, I don't think all of them are going to be followed to a T. But he's going to be here uh, for the next at least three seasons, unless something you know horrible happens. Uh, he's going to be the voice. So I, you know, if it's me and I'm looking at things, man, I'm having a really hard time going back into the locker room and going. This guy has no clue what he's talking about. I mean, you really, any player, any young kid, older veteran, they're really going to have a hard time uh, being able to decipher um, that this isn't working out because it's working out. Again, it's preseason. Can't get too hype, but we're getting closer, right? We're getting to where today they played 65 minutes. The starters played over an hour today, and then the young lads came in. So I'm looking at things from the perspective of if it was me and I'm in the locker room as a player new coach it's working first game huge name and they, and there were there were star players from liverpool who came on and played um you know next game you know we got this dress rehearsal big crowd people are there 
what do we do? We go out and we perform. There's a lapse where they give up a goal, and it takes some time for us to get rolling, but once we do, bang, 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 4-1, let's move on to the next game. Got another game today. Bang, 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 3-1. They scored on a, on a, on a good goal. It was a good cross and a header that uh, De Gea probably should have stopped, in my opinion, but 3-1, that's a, that's a really good result if you're looking at you know the start of the preseason until now because i mean let's flip this on the other side let's say we lose for nothing to liverpool well everybody on social media myself included are going well crap here we go we got a whole nother new coach and we're still losing games if things are reversed so the fact that things are going well um, i'll say that you have to be slightly optimistic just not overconfident and think that we're going to win the league and win champions league and you know go on to these to do these great things so um I'm just excited that the guy's in and he, he actually is, is has has a tone. He's setting it. And let's just hope that the guys can uh, buy into this positive uh, flow of games and run of games and say, hey, we've got some film to show you guys we can do it. You just have to be consistent. That's something the United hasn't been for at least 10 years. We have not been consistent. So let's let's see if that's something that we can do. Yeah, consistency. And let's, let, I mean, I think that's what he's going to bring is hopefully consistency and a vision because uh, that's what we've been, you know, you said it um, regarding Ole Gunnar, right? He never had a vision. He never, you know, he's, you know, had him out there playing. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, so what it, it is what it is. So let's let's hope the players buy in. So speaking of the players, you see, let's do, because um, I think we're, uh, we head back to England when? So we have another game in Perth against uh, Ashton Villa. Yeah. And then after the Ashton Villa game, I think we head back home. I've got it pulled up uh, right here, in fact. So if you look at this last game uh, we just played uh, against a Premier League team, which is, you know, a great sign. Um, then after that, we've got uh, – sorry, I've got it right here. It's taking me a minute. Apologize, guys. What I'm saying is um, <coughs> we've seen three matches. Here we go. So after, after Villa, then then Atletico Madrid, uh, and then Rio Vallecao, and then Brighton. So I don't think we're set due back here until August. Because okay. I don't think the Rio game is not at home, is it? Yeah, it's actually at Old, Old Trafford. So Rio Vallecao, um, which... Oklahoma actually had Ryo Vacao, their under team, was actually here in Oklahoma City for one season. That lasted all of one season, <laughs> and uh, that was the end of that. So um, end of July, we'll be back uh, in uh, at Old Trafford because we'll play uh, Real Madrid at uh, Laval Stadium. Okay. All right. So, you know, we still have about two more weeks in, uh, in, in, uh, in Melbourne. So let's do a lightning round, EC. Three questions. What players have impressed you? What players have not lived up to the what they should be? Or I don't want to say disappointed, but yeah, fuck it, to say disappointed. And what players would you like to see more? But why aren't they playing? I'll go first. Obviously, two weeks ago, no, when I, we the last pod, you laughed at me when I said Tony Martial is going to be the backup striker to Ronaldo, right? Hell, I think he's going to 
he could probably be the first string striker right now, the way he's playing. I know some of his goals are, you know, like the the one he, you know, it was <coughs> against Liverpool. It was, you know, it was a dink and dunk goal. But that's what strikers do. You know what I mean? They get in the box. They're, goal, they're, po- they're you know, poachers in the box. I don't give a fuck if it goes off your head, the side of your head. You're in the box to do, you know, to do damage. Um, I'm not going to say, you know, obviously, it's, if Ronaldo comes back, uh, I don't want Tony to fall off. But I think Tony is living up to what Tony could be. And if I'm going to jump on his bandwagon, why not it be now? Because I said it before all this, you know, preseason stuff. If you remember correctly, see, you laughed at me. You laughed at me and said, Tony won't be the backup, backup to striker to Ronaldo. And I don't think anyone thought Ronaldo wasn't going to be here, yeah. to be fair. Well, I mean, well, I, I, do you not see the, the potential in Tony? I think for me, I don't think anyone, one, thought Ronaldo wasn't going to be there. And then, two, I don't think anyone on the planet thought that Tony was in form. I mean, I thought it was way out of form. And, and like I said, today's podcast, they still need a striker. They still Because if any one of those three front three goes down, what are we? What are we? Are we talking Malanga up front? Are we going to move Rashford up front? I don't. I don't see a backup to Tony. And I, you know, I hope. And I know we'll talk about Ronaldo later, but I think he doesn't throw a monkey wrench in Tony's game. I think he throws a monkey wrench in the whole team. So, I I agree with what you're saying as far as you're saying that you think Tony could be the number one. But when I said what, what I said and you said what you said, Tony was in the gutter. And in, in anyone's book, but I fan, believed I believed him. In he, I believed in him. I said Tony's gonna have a breakout seat. I, I, I did not not say that. I hope you're right. <laughs> you you said he you said he would start, right? You said he would start, and I like I said, I, said I don't think anyone thought that like CR seven wasn't gonna hang out. I thought I think I thought CR seven would be here. No, I, I mean I, I said that he was gonna start a FA Cup games and. And all the other games, at CR7 wasn't wasn't going about to wasn't a, wasn't going to play, um, but you know that you know and, and I I you know anyways anyways lightning round again, because we, we need to start talking about the other other topics. Um, Tony Tony's impressed me. You know Martial, I know he's everybody has mixed opinions. I'm not I'm sorry, Rashford. I'm sorry, has mixed opinions on him. I don't. I think it looks like he's gaining more confidence. And motherfucker, where did he get all this muscle from? Because he looks built. And I know he still has a burst of speed. Yes, he, his touch is sometimes off. Uh, but compared to last year, he's not hanging his head. He's going at it. I, He's impressed me in he's not last year's Rashford. You know what I mean? It looks like he's impressed. I mean, Jaden Sancho, I guess he's... Two managers didn't pay him in the fucking right position. Now somebody's paying him in the right position, and I think he's tearing it up, right? Um, Bruno really has kind of been quiet. I'm, I I don't notice him too much, um, but he's you know he's there, he's playing, but it's not like it's not like oh sh- it's not, I guess the fact that we're not relying on Bruno to make plays and score, right? Because we have the uh, Rashford, Martial, and and Jane Sancho up top scoring. Maybe that's why he's been so silent, you know? Um, Fred it, Fred impressed me the first game, but not these past two matches. 
McTominay the same. I think he had a good half um, on, on the first match. And it's just, you know, if, they, if that's our mid-pairing duo, we're fucked. Um, Eric Bailly and Lindelof have impressed me. Varane can't make the club in the tub. I don't know what the hell. I don't know what's up with him. Um, Delot has impressed me. Uh, the the um, I was scared when De Gea kind of went down at the last match of the Liverpool game, but it looks like he's a uh, he's doing fine. Um, the jury's still out on me or a new signing. I like the way he goes forward, but he get you know it's just one of those things he needs to get used to the league. So I'm not really going to give him a yes or no. Uh, Luke Shaw, the same thing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he could fit what uh, what uh, what's his name, uh, Ten Hag. Ten Hag wants to play. The kids, uh, Iqbal. I don't know where the fuck this dude came from. And Savage. I mean, I don't watch enough youth team games, EC, as you do. Um, but I, I didn't see I didn't see that because they played. They've been the second choice um, pairing in that midfield. You would think you'd see someone like Garner, or you know some other players, um, but those two have been pretty good. And when Iqbal did that little kind of like you know one touch over, you know uh, basically faked the dude out, you know did the, the little turn. I mean, he, I mean he looks pretty good. You know, I mean, he looks he looks good. Um, up top, a Diallo. You know, I don't I don't think he's gonna. I think he'd probably go back on loan. Ilanga, I don't think he's got enough playing time to make a difference like he did last year. Uh, Facundo, first, other than the first match, you really haven't seen him. Who else uh, am I missing? You see... Uh, Pazaka. Tahith, Tahith Chong. Yeah, you know, he played today. Tahith played today. Um, he didn't play. I thought he did. He, he came on today. Mm-mm. He didn't get a chance. He was one of... Yeah, Hannibal. Hannibal. Get him and Tahit mixed up because they're, they're, they're hair. They're the hair. Um, so, I, I don't think Hannibal got enough playing time for me to uh, have one make one decision or the other. And Basaka, I thought Basaka came, came, you know, did well. But the, the three top players, I mean, if I want to say something, is Eric Bailly, Martial, and, and obviously Jane Sancho, I'm sorry. Eric Bailly, Jane Sancho, and Martial have probably been the most exciting for me to watch, and I'm really impressed with the, the progression of Eric Bailly and um, and what do you call it, and, and Martial. The way they've they've handled the, you know, the what do you call it? They're taking the bull by the horns, and only time will tell how that goes. But it, I really, I really enjoyed watching them play. Yeah. No. I um. If we're going lightning, I'm going to say uh, Jaden Sancho has probably been the, the brightest light that I've seen so far. And I haven't been able to watch a full game. Uh, I saw De Gea make some great saves again today. Uh, one where he came down and saved it with his hand, where it was a sure goal. Uh, saved it. Um, I would say uh, in that mix would also be uh, Tony. I think he's having a good run of games. He's in form right now. Uh, being in great positions and scoring goals. Um as far as the kids are concerned, um, I did I did like uh, you know is it Zidane is that what his first name is? Zidane Great Zidane. to see him kind of play. Don't think he'll play for us this season. I think he'll go off on loan somewhere. Um, 
I think Alanga uh, is someone who I wanted to see more of. I uh, haven't really got a chance to see him. But I think, again, that's a good thing because that means that the players who were supposed to be great um, are doing what they're supposed to do. I think he comes in kind of off the bench. Um, kind of the same thing with Diallo. like to see him more. He did play uh, today. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more. I think he could actually make the club um, and stay and, and, and be an impactful player if he does play with uh, like-minded players. Um, Van de Beek is someone who I want to see a lot more for, from. Um, he had, did a great interview today where he talked about expectations and not uh, putting any blame on a coach or putting any blame on moving. He put all the blame on himself, uh, which I thought was good. So I want to see more from him. I'm not so impressed with uh, Scott McTominay. Uh, Fred had a great goal, that first goal where he chipped the keeper. It was actually Allison, so that's a that's a really good keeper, in my opinion, that he chipped. Um, not really impressed with Maguire as of yet, even though today I thought he played um, a better game, had some key blocks, um, and Shaw hasn't really hasn't really impressed me as of yet. Um, some reports are saying uh, Malasia was was the man of the match for the 70 minutes that he did play. So. Again, I can't comment on on a full game because I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So, um, kind of some highs and some lows, just you know, quick quick round type stuff. Um, I'd like to continue to have that uh, focus not be on Bruno. I think he's just a little too erratic for this system, um, but he's able to show that he can kind of do both. So, um, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. But I think a lot of these kids who we saw, I think a lot of them um, are, are going to see some loan moves. Okay. Um... What about players that you thought, like say, okay, players that should have you, you think you thought would have playing time, but have you not seen? I mean, like James Gardner, why is he going on the pitch? Um, it, 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 it's it's got to be contractual. It's got to be a situation where he's looking at things going, look, if, if I stay at Forest and I can play, we're in the prim, I help do that. If I come to United, am I going to play? I think when you get a taste of playing every week, week in and week out, he's not, it's not like he's anywhere near the end of his career. I don't even know if he's 21 years old. He's got to be sitting down with his agent and have the same conversations that the goalkeeper Henderson is having with his agent and saying, look, I want to play. And it's kind of, it's not coincidence. He's going to Forest as well. So I think a player like Gardner is good, but is he a starter as at CDM for United? I think the answer is no. Um, I think he's going to need some more time. I think he's going to need some more playing time specifically. And I think he's smart enough to kind of grasp that concept of, look, I'm going to get not just minutes, but I'm going to get Premier League minutes if I stay on loan with a chance to be bought by Forrest. And I can maybe be become something here. Now, look, if he turns 23, 24 years old and he's lighting the world on fire, well, we've got him under contract. We can go pull him. But I don't, I don't personally see him being... Um, someone right now at, at this moment in time, uh, someone that's going to start for United. So if I'm looking at things, if he goes into the season and starts playing well and he's the next Declan Rice, well then, yeah, let's let's go get the kid. But I don't I don't think it warrants from what he did last year from saying he's going to be a starter. I think if you look at Scott and Fred, though they piss people off because they give the ball up quite a bit, those two players in that combination has been involved in a third place team and a second place team. So they have the experience, they have the know how. Do they need to work on some things? Absolutely. Um, but I'd, I'd have more trust in those two than I would in a James Gardner at this moment. Yeah, but who's going to back up them? And well, I think it's good that we went 
I think it's good that we went out and got a kid that can play center back and also play CDM. So I think that's where you start to look at how can you develop players and put them in positions to win. And I think also Donnie Vandebeek, someone who you can put in that double pivot and play and play well in that role. So we have players that can play in that double pivot more than just Scott and, and Fred. But I think ultimately, you know, it's going out there and saying, okay, those are the those are the stalwarts that we've had. That's why I want to see this kid that we just bought play in this preseason and get this physical done so we can see if CDM or our double pivot really, because that's what we're running. If that's something that he's able to do, I've watched him do ball tricks. I've watched him play on the ball. Clearly this kid's great with his feet. Um, but can you play ball the way that Sagan? Let's talk about him in here in a bit because let's get this back to the players that we have right now. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's, where I meant with, with those yeah. two. I, I, I really think that Van Der Beek's got a lot to prove, and I think he can get that job done playing in that double pivot. You and I, you and I both know that we don't want – Fred and McTominay should be backups. You know, we got, yeah, we got, absolutely. We got rid of technically, quote-unquote, the, the, you know, the old starter in Matic. Um, by getting rid of James Gardner, I think weakens that – if we're not going to go out and get somebody, you know what I mean, like somebody that can start week in and week out, and um, – then we're doing a disservice. I mean, we're just we're going to be back in the same boat. And Donnie, yes, he could play that position, okay. But yet we've gotten rid of. I mean, who, if Donnie's not going to, uh, if Donnie's going to play, who's going to play alongside him? Fred or McTominay? Um, it's just something like. I mean, we don't have depth at those two positions. And let's hopefully you know we can get some somebody in. Um, uh, Garnacho, why is he not played again? I just. I, you know, this kid was talked about towards the end of last season, and he hasn't sniffed the pitch. I don't know if there's something wrong with the training or whatnot, um, but I'm kind of disappointed not to see him. Well, I mean, I think, again, for us, I know myself included, when we start to see a U23 kid thrive as he did, especially in the FA Cup, uh, winning it, um, lifting the trophy, you know, putting the Argentinian uh, flag on his back and then going to the, the U20 World Cup, doing well there, scoring goals. We all start to, you know, picture in our minds what could be. Um, I think when reality sets in and you, you, you watch him play against the, the quote-unquote big boys, it's not as easy as it would be, you know, being U23. So I think it's important for us to make sure that we pump the brakes on these younger kids um, there's a lot of pressure on them to to do what they do, and they get compensated for doing so. But if you rush them, you put them in there, they don't do well. You know better than I do. In this day and age, social media and the fans, the way they react, it can kill a kid's confidence. So I think you've got to nurture them. You know, you send them out on loans that make sense, not just for them, but also for the club. And by that, I mean, you know, is it a situation where, Someone like Ahmad who goes to Celtic, which is a big club, they're going to have fans. Is he also going to play? Is he going to be able to earn his way out into the pitch? You saw Ahmad have success, and then what happened? Towards the end of the season, he couldn't sniff the pitch. So even though we think these kids are superstars in their own right because they they show us a little something, it doesn't mean we just thrust them out there, and then if it doesn't work out, what do we do then? So it's difficult. I mean, we could name so many U23 players that were great at that level, and then a lot of those kids, they just never make it, especially for United. So um, it's difficult. It's a tough process. Um, and we'd love to see it. But I think, you know, the Alangas of the world, the Mason Greenwoods of the world, 
they're very, very difficult to come by. I'm going to ask you, man, I want to talk about Hannibal, what you think, but what you just said, then why are we playing Savage and Iqbal every every match? Why can't we, you know what I mean? Why are we relying on these kids to play every weekend, you know, these past three matches and not rotating out if we're if we said we're not going to be relying on young kids? Well, I think it's important to see what you have. I think if you if you use the preseason correctly, that's what you do. You look at the U23s who are on the cusp, and you say to them, listen, I'm going to play these kids because I want to show these other clubs. When we start to set up these loan deals, this is what this kid's capable of. I'm not just giving you some kid who did it against the U23s. I can show you a kid who came out here and against Firmino made him look silly. And so it makes sense for you to have him on your starting squad and give him some minutes. So you want to show the world and other clubs that we have this talent pool that's willing that, that we're willing to send out on loan and, and, and it's going to help your club. So those are those are key reasons why in the preseason you use those younger kids <laughs> for three matches in a row. Not only, I mean, why I didn't hear why, you. for three matches in a row, why, why couldn't they do it to why couldn't they do that for Garnacho as well? And why couldn't they do that for Laird? Why aren't they doing that for the other youth that you know that that are out there? Why are these two kids getting regular playing time? Well, again, I I think they're on the cusp. I think if you're getting regular PT with the starters, you're you're close. You're on the cusp. And again, that that lends out that loan or loan to buy potential to other clubs that are out there looking at kids to say who's out there that's going to help fill our squad. So. If Ethan Laird's not getting any PT, that clearly lets me know that he understands that he's not ready to play first team ball one and two. It's ready. You're ready for a loan move and or you're ready to be sold to another club. So I don't think anything's done by mistake. I think those kids who are getting any kind of PT, they're close. They're getting there. But that doesn't mean that the coach and again, it's fit. You know, you could go back to Tony being you know loved by van hall and then hated by jose so if you don't fit my system i'm not going to play it that's nothing personal that's what donnie talked about today donnie said look i can't blame a coach i can't look at things and go well what if you got to go out there you got to play well and then you have to and then the, the coach has to like you to fit your fit the system and then you you get a chance out there you got to do something so i think the kids who are getting an opportunity and and showing what they can do I think they're on the cusp of, of, of possibly doing something great. But again, this is all preseason. Yeah. This is all, let me just see. You got to remember, Tin Howe is getting an opportunity to see these kids in practice. And so he, he's also judging them from that standpoint as well. All right. Last last thing, and then we, can, we need to get into the uh, the other good news and then the bad news, easy. Um, Hannibal, where do you see him at? I think Hannibal's another one of those kids. Um, shows a lot of promise. I think he can play in the prim. Um, I don't think he's a starter at this moment in time in his life. I just think he's a little bit uh, weak. Um, just weight room. I think that's something he needs to, to get a hold of. But he's young. Um, I could see him playing at the 10. I could see him playing a double pivot. Um, I think, you know, if if they're you, again, if they, if they nurture him and bring him along correctly, um, he's someone who has a great eye for the ball. He has great skill on the ball. He's smart. Uh, he's chippy. He likes to get into it with players. Likes to mix it up. So you know that's that's someone who, again, the potential and the ceiling 
It's very high. Um, but can you maintain? I love your chippiness, but are you going to be a yellow card waiting to happen? And now I have to make adjustments. And I think with the rules changing, and I think the rules now five subs, correct? Is that is that official yet or not yet? Uh, I, I have no idea. I have not. So there, there's there's rumors of five five subs, which I think would be tremendous. I think it'd be amazing. Um, if 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 he's someone that I want, I want to make sure that he's going to stay on the pitch because that's that's kind of followed him from his youth. Uh, development to him playing for us on the senior squad last year. So he's someone that I think that could change the game for us eventually. Again, um, has he shown it on a consistent basis on the senior level? No, but he has not the opportunity to do so. So, you know, I think they're going to give him a chance. I think he makes the team uh, next season. Um, and I think you'll see the likes of him uh, playing for Bruno or stepping in for Fred McTominay in that double pivot role. All right, so let's get to some good news. Some other good news other than the three wins that we had. We have signed, or yeah, we signed. Obviously, we talked about the uh, Malasia, um, but we signed a free agent, uh, Erickson, Christian Erickson, which after what happened to him at the Euros, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing what he's, what he's done uh, coming back and playing for Brentford. And now... He signed a three-year deal with Manchester United. You know, he's back in the Prem um, after, you know, being an inter. And then, after, you know, he had that horrible, act, you know, incident. Uh, we signed him. And then we then we finally completed the deal <coughs> with one of um, Ten Hag's old um, uh, teammates, uh, somebody that he admires uh, for his tenacity, his ball skills. Uh, they called him the Butcher. Right, the butcher of uh, Argentina or something like that, or butcher or something, um, and that's what this team needs. This team needs balls, so I like it. Um, so let's talk Eric Ten Hag, you see, and then we'll talk Lisandro Martinez. Um, where do you see? I'm sorry, did they say Ten Hag? Let's talk Eric Christensen, you see. Um, where do we see him? Playing, uh, I know he's not going to take over Bruno's spot there up top, but I, do you think he can challenge Bruno? And is Bruno's job in jeopardy? I don't think Bruno's job's in jeopardy until he starts playing uh, poorly. And I think you can slot Erickson in. And I could say the same thing for Rashford. I think Erickson can play out on the wing as well um, on that right-hand side. So I think you could play him. That's where I would start at. Um, I could also see him playing in a deeper role, playing for Scott, playing for Fred. Um, not so much defending, but being able to be a quarterback and, and spray the ball around. So I think there's three positions that he could play. Um, mainly would be backing up Bruno, but I think he could definitely start on the right-hand side uh, where where Rashford's playing. I'm sorry, on the left-hand side where Rashford's playing, I think he, could be, he would do fine uh, out there. And then lastly, like I said, I think he could be someone that could come off the bench and or start a few games uh, for for uh, Scott McTominay that in that double pivot role. Um, his ability to see the game, pass the ball, keep the ball, be smart, make good runs, and he can score as well. Uh, I think he's a great addition uh, to, to the club. At 30, you think he could play on the wing like Crasher does? Does he have the pace? So this is the thing. I think he has the ability to play on the wing. Does he have Rashford's pace? No. And I don't think there's too many players, too many people really on the planet 
that has his pace. But I think, again, when you're looking at what Ten Hag wants to do, he wants to possess the ball. Um, you can put a slower player out on the wing. You just shouldn't be expecting him to go one-on-one and beat a player uh, for pace. He's going to hold it. He's going to give it away. He's going get to get it back on a give and go. That's what Erickson brings to the table. So um, do you have to change up your tactics if you're going to start him on the right wing? Absolutely. But I think you can play him out there because he's not going to give up the ball. He's not going to spray it to someone who's not open. And he's also smart enough to get up the pitch when he needs to get up the pitch and understands he has to get back when it's time to do so. So, yeah, I think he'd be fine. Um, I've seen slower. Paul Pogba played on the left side and did great was, for a stretch there for us last season. So I think I think uh, that's someone, and, and, and Tinnock's smart enough to understand that, look, look, this is a guy I just want on the field just for possession and being smart alone. So, no, I think he'd be fine uh, on the wing, uh, preferably there at the 10, but he could play the 8 uh, and be just fine um, being able to, to play quarterback and still have a number 6 kind of behind him, um, not getting forward so much. I um for free, I like I like the deal, you know what I mean, uh, and it's it's smart business. I think he's on one fifty a week. One fifty a week, we're not overpaying. I mean, he's he has skins in the wall, so one fifty a week for him. We're not paying him, you know, two hundred fifty, you know, three hundred. You know, we're not overpaying. So I think it's smart business, um, and it's free, you know, just like Paul Pogba went to Juventus. They got him for free. They're going to reap the rewards. So um, it's just one of those things. And, and I think he's going to be good for the dressing room. I don't know if he hasn't played for Ten Hag. Uh, but <coughs> I think he knows the type of manager Ten Hag is. Uh, but it's, he, I think he'll be good for the dressing room and what needs to happen. And like you said, his vision is, is still there. I mean, it's like having Juan Mata, but not as... That is slow, right? Not as, you know, Juan Mata still had the vision, but he just couldn't do it. You know, just the, he couldn't put in the first gear too too many times. You know, he had his one-off games, but, and, you know, with Erickson last year, what he did with Brentford, you know, single-handedly, what, didn't he keep Brentford up? Yeah, no, he, he played amazing. And for, for him to be someone that I thought was going to be the first player I saw die on live TV to, to where he is now, um, pretty impressive. So no, I, he's got he's got everything to prove um, for me. I mean, he's done it at huge clubs, um, Spurs, Inter. I mean, he's done it on a huge level. So it's not like he's uh, never done anything. I mean, he's done it at big clubs. But I think to do it at United, um, at Old Trafford, I think that's something that he'd like to cement himself as someone who, who was able to put in a huge part of the success of the club. Australia uh, yet, um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the second, the second happy news: Lisandro Martinez. I love the signing. I hate where everybody's saying he sh- is gonna play because I don't think he should play there. Um, I think I, I hope I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that this kid plays CDM because that's where we need him. We need him at CDM. Uh, we don't need him at center back. The kid's 5'9". I'm sorry. Week in and week out, we talked about it earlier. Um, you know, he had a great game against Erlen Holland. 
it's this is the Premier League, son. I think the next, I think uh, Ake, I think he's the next shortest, uh, shortest person, and that he, he's like four centimeters, whatever the fuck that, I mean, conversion that is, still taller than, you know, this kid. Um, I don't think he can play center back in this league. He can play, he can play CDM, and if he has, if he's tenacious enough, he, you know, he'll play defense, and then he, he has the ball skills to get the ball moving forward. But at center back, I don't give a, at week in and week out, this is not the position for him, especially in this league. In the Uruguay, week in and week out, and Champions League once every blue moon. Okay, yeah, you know he can muscle his way in, but nah, man, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> Carlos Puyo couldn't couldn't come to fucking play the Premier League week in and week out, and he was short for a center back. Carlo Mastorano, you know, went from Liverpool to to, to Barcelona. Yes, they won leagues and Champions Leagues, but this is week in and week out. It's playing the SEC every week, you know what I mean, every week, basically. And you're, you're going to get big boys every week, and it's a tougher league. This kid needs to play CDM, but I'm excited the fact that, you know, the, what he brings to the table, tenacity, which we've been lacking. We've been lacking somebody that has the balls to get, you know, play. I like that, um, and Eric Tenham likes him, but at CDM, Kid, you need to sit. You know, you're gonna be on the bench because you're gonna get schooled. You're gonna get pushed around, and you're just too small. I mean, I, I think he could play center back. I think, I think he'd be fine. I think ultimately, what's gonna wind up happening is, you know, are you tough enough to play back there? Um, if you are six two, but your verticals, you know, twenty, and I'm five nine, but my verticals. 37, I'm going to out-jump you. If you've got toughness and tenacity and you're six foot four, but you're soft as, you know, whatever, like, you know, Eric Crouch, I'm going to win that fight. So, you know, I I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, I if, if I'm looking at a quote-unquote center back, you know, what would I what I go for? Would I do the six four or the five nine? I'm I'm gonna pick six four nine times out of ten. If he's been able to at a high level, and I know IX is not there, I'm not comparing them to the prim. If he's able to do it at that level, it is now your opportunity. And he he wanted I out of IX in the worst way. Yeah. Now you got to show it. Now you got to prove it. You've told the world you're a center back. So. We're gonna now we're gonna now look at things and go, okay, here you go. This is the biggest league. This is the biggest players on the planet. What are you gonna do? And I I, I if you wanted to get here and scream as loud as he did, I can guarantee you the chip on his shoulder from people saying you're too short, you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, you're not gonna be able to do it. I can guarantee you this kid's gonna come out of the gate ready to live up to that expectation of what people have nicknamed him. So I think he's capable of playing both. Um, I think that's just off of the scouting report that I read and just the foot skills that I've seen off of video that I've not watched him play yet. But the foot uh, technique that he has, he could definitely play there no problem. Pass, touch, vision, he has all of those things. So I'm very excited because I know if you feel the way you feel, you are not alone. You are not in some 
vast island somewhere that, that everyone's like, no, this guy's going to be a slam dunk. It It's going to be all about what he does when he gets out there on the pitch. He might stink it up. He might go out there and be the next, you know, Ferdinand. Who knows? It's all going to be up to him and, and, and what he does. Because, again, um, once you sign the player and he's here, it's up to him now. We, we, we don't have to support him blindly. And I'm not. I'm going to go out there and see what he does. Because, again, the Air Divisie is a great developmental league. That's what I'll call it. It's a league where you're you're going to see if a kid can get to that next level. And he's now on that move. He's he's done what Frankie Giong and 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 many others have done in their careers, where they've gone through that system, and now they're going to the next step. This is his next step. So I'm excited for him. I'm I'm, I'm really excited to see if he's going to be able to to to, to hold his own um, in the Premier League. All right, you see, two questions I want to bring up. <clears throat> first, first question is where would you rather see him at, CDM or center back? I'm going to table that real quick. What okay. was, what I was, would much – go ahead, sorry. What was United's biggest problem uh, against basically last year a team scoring against us? I honestly felt like we needed a CDM. I felt like that was the number one no, thing for me. No, 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 Up, no. What you think? What, were, were, what, were the, what was the main, main reason people scored against us? I thought it was the spine. I thought it was the two center backs and the CDM. I, that's that's the problem. Set pieces were basically where the other teams scored the most points against us. Right. Okay, set, and that, set pieces. Set pieces. So when you have set pieces, especially in the box, this kid is going to get lost in the mix, dude. I don't care. Well, that, you, that, I, don't, I don't care. If we don't know. Him. We don't know that. He's going to get lost in the mix, you see? He's not going to be able to. Okay. You have people in the in the box jostling for position, of people of Harry Maguire's size, and this kid's gonna be basically, you know, to the waistband of other other players. I don't care if you could jump out the fucking box like Jordan or Spud. That Webber. matters, but that matters. He's if I if I have a bigger height vert than you, then you're not gonna out jump me. You just can't. You physically can't. He's gonna get fucking flung off on the ground. He'll be on the ground most of the time in set pieces. I think that's speculation. You have to wait and see what he does. We don't know. We This is the whole thing about new signings. We can speculate and say he's going to be the greatest player we've ever seen in our lives, and we can say he's going to be the worst. Or we can deal in facts and say, look, you don't have. we don't have a clue. He's never played in the prim. He's never played against forwards in the prim. He's never week in and week out gone against the best and then gone against the, the next bet. He's never done that. He's never had an opportunity to do that okay. until now. Ten bucks. So, so let's, bet, let's bet right now, easy. Ten bucks where he ends up on set pieces is in the goalpost, making sure the ball doesn't come in. By, how often? By, by like, the, are we saying, like, how often by, are you saying he's going to end up on the ground? By the end, by the end of the season, you're going to see in the majority of time being that person on the fucking goalpost next to the goalkeeper, making sure the ball doesn't go in, in. You know, just being that last last pitch resort. Have you had a chance to see him play yet? Um, you see, he's gonna be. I'm like, just asking a question. I'm just asking a question. No, I mean, I, see I have. I haven't either. Highlights. I haven't either. I have not watched him play. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I have not watched him play. I've seen highlights, so I've not seen all the set pieces that he has, but I just. In this league, I've never, see, I've never seen this kid play a game in, league, in my life. In this, league, this is what I know. This is what I know for a fact. There's no way in the world 
that me and you are better scouts of players than the people who decided to go get this kid. There's no way. That's that's a fact. It's also, I think, safe to say that based off of his size, it's fair to say that, in your opinion, you think he's going to be too small for the league. But I think, coinciding with that, I think it's fair for me to say we don't know yet. Like, you don't know how strong the kid is uh, versus this type of competition. This, this is not, you know, 1970s where kids are punching each other upside the head. This is 2022-23 where you got to be, it, it, you know, if you breathe on someone the wrong way and they fall, it's a foul. So we don't know what this kid's going to be capable of doing until we get out there and we, we actually see him play. So um, I understand why you're writing him off because it's not the traditional size of a, of a center back. Um, and so if he plays at center back and he gets tossed around uh, like a rag doll, I don't think Ragnick's going to go, you know what, we're going to give him one more chance. I think he says, listen, <coughs> we tried you at center back because that's your natural position. That's what you played your whole life. If it doesn't work out, you have good ball skills, you have good feet, we're going to slot you in and play CDM. But I, I just, I don't, I would be very hard, it would be very hard for me to believe that a guy that is that short, because I think what is what is Kunde five ten, so he's a, he's actually an inch taller than this kid, but still small on the on the scale of of center backs that we've seen. I don't think that that's going to stop him from getting in the opportunity. Um, a forty million dollars spend is ten million dollars less than we paid for Aaron Wan Basaka as a defender, uh, and we also have the sale of Pereira for another ten million. So. You know, I think it makes decent sense to go get him. And I, I was, you know, I said this in our last podcast, CDM is a position where I could see him playing. There's no yeah. question. Um, but is, is that something that he wants to do? Is that something that Sinhag going to move him to do? I don't know. Because like I said, we've never seen him. We've never, seen, we've never literally, neither one of us has seen the kid play. So we, we don't know what he's capable of. All right, getting to the next question real quick because we need to move on to the next two topics. Uh, where do you see him playing, or where would you want to see him playing? I would want him. I would want to see him playing at a center back position. Okay. I think McGuire is too slow. I think Varane is injury prone, and Bailly's worse than that. I would like to see him play there. Um, I, I again, if anyone comes on here and tries to say that Scott. McTominay and Fred are the best double pivot that they've ever seen. They're lying. I know they're capable of getting a job done. Are they world-class? In my opinion, no. Do they get a job done? Yes. And I have facts to back that up. I'm not just saying it because I'm a United fan and I love them. Um, They're great guys off the pitch, apparently, from what I've seen. Um, And so, and I've I've seen them be able to get the job done. Um, This would be a great, let's say one of them gets hurt. God forbid. Could I slot this kid in and have Varane and, and Harry be the center backs? Absolutely. Um, but I would like to see him play his natural, quote-unquote, God-given position first with the understanding that he could definitely play CDM for us um, because he's done it before. He's played both positions. Well, obviously, you know where I, um, I want this guy to play because the players that you spoke of do not deserve to play. That CDM position. So I want him to start at CDM. And we've tried the um, short CDM, uh, center back 
uh, with Daily Blend. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, and it, that did work. Actually, at IX. Huh? He's at IX right now. Yeah, he's at IX. Exactly. He didn't, it didn't work out for us over here, did it? So uh, I, thought, I thought David didn't get a fair shake. I don't know what you thought about him when he played. I thought he played fairly well, in my opinion. At CDM? I thought just at center back and CDM. Where, where did he end up on set plays? On the post. But I, what my point is that was he a good ball player? We're talking about him as a ball player. Because, again, if I'm – if I if I'm six foot four again, and and I've seen this with guys in the NBA, they're almost seven foot tall and they can't jump and they get their shot blocked all the time. So, what you do with your vert, I know you don't think it matters, but I'm telling you, your physicality and your vert it matters. And guys know when you can get up in the air and you can win the ball, and they know that they can get out jumped. It matters when you're out there on the field, yeah. you're playing. I'm telling you. If you if you were a if you if you're like a buck thirty soaking wet with a fucking t-shirt. And you get up there, it doesn't take much to, you know, to push you off course, especially yes. if you're and in, in Yes, and in 1975, it wouldn't have mattered. In 2023, if you fart on somebody and they fall on the ground, what happens? It's a foul. So it's not the same game that we're playing when when uh, Graham Sunis was out there drop-kicking people and they were like, oh, don't do it again, don't do it again, Graham. Oh, now it's like, oh, you elbowed someone in the box? Oh, that's a red card. Let's, let's VR it, VAR it for five hours and then kick the guy out. That's that's the game these days. You and Graham Sunez, dude. I swear to God. Anyways. No, go back and <laughs> check. That guy's he was nuts. He was a he was a nut job. Let's go. You have macaroni and cheese or what? Yeah, I'll take it off camera. I'm sorry. I'm eating in front of you. Don't worry. I was eating cheese this early. Don't worry. Um. Let's get to the bad news, easy. Um, not the bad news. It's just, it's just this <coughs> dark cloud. That's two things that are just a dark cloud hovering over our club right now. <coughs> First, we've already brought it up. CR7. What the fuck happened? I mean, where did this U-turn come from? That it's just a bombshell that is... In, it, it, it's toxic. It's going to be toxic, especially if he comes back. And it pisses me off. It does piss me off. And the rumors were, you know, he might go to Chelsea. And I told you, I mean, if he does that, I've I've defended this dude saying, yes, he's the best footballer, better than Messi. But after that, as a United fan, if he goes to Chelsea, you see, I say, fuck that motherfucker. You know what I mean? But what the hell happened? Why, where did this U- I understand he's frustrated with the, with the way things are progressing with our, our – um, with our, um, you know, our uh, signings, but they're happening. You know what I mean? He needs to give it time. And this shit that, oh, you know, that, oh, he he wants to go play Champions League. He doesn't want, you know, he needs to get more goals what, because Messi's in the fucking Champions League, so Messi's going to surpass him. And he's that fucking arrogant. He knew he was going to play Champions League at the end of the last season. If you if you knew that, if that's your goal, why come on TV when we sign Her- Eric Tenhag and say, you know, I'm 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 gonna back the manager, blah blah blah, and you know I'm gonna be here, blah blah blah. Just don't do a fucking interview. So the reason I'm, think, the reason ahead, sorry. the reason I'm pissed off is that mainly I'm pissed off is that I could see him. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna move on because Champions League football is what I you know aspire to, and I really don't want to be a part of a rebuilding situation. I would respect him. He came out, did that at the end of the season. 
Fuck it. You know what I mean? But obviously don't go to no fucking Premier League team. I don't care where else do you go to. But don't come on fucking TV, blow smoke up our ass, and then you come fucking, and now you're you're bitching and whining and crying, you know, that, oh, um, and again, I know he just lost a, a baby, so I don't know what's going on. They're saying that it's family issues, that he's not with the team, uh, but and then the shit leaks. So what do you believe? You know, is it family issues? Or you just don't want to show up to training. You know what I mean? Because you want to get you want to get dealt. Well, the funny fucking thing is, all of the suitors that his agent has pretty much put out there, they don't want him. Bayern Munich said he's not part of our plan. You know what I mean? And and the motherfucker, the motherfucker thinks he has the audacity to say, you know, that he's not going to look, or his agent is. I'm not saying he is. His agent is. Has the audacity to say that, you know, they're not going to lower his wage demands. Well, motherfucker, go to the, I mean, Saudi offered you $200 million. If that, I mean, if you're not going to lower your wage demands, no one's going to pay you like United is going to pay you for a 37-year-old fucking, you know, striker that's not, a striker or forward that's not going to fucking play defense, especially in this league. United is, and... It is what it is, but they're they're talking about and what what the what pissed me off is the the rumors floating about Newcastle. Well, I thought you won a Champions League. You know what I mean? What the fuck are you going to Newcastle for? Because they're the only ones that can afford you. It's I don't understand it. You see, I don't I and not you know I understand it. I just pisses me off the fact that you don't come on TV and saying that you you look forward to working with the manager and you're gonna be with the club. And then you, everything's settled. Everybody's, oh, okay, good. Ronaldo's staying. And this shit happens, like, right right before training camp. Right before training camp. Why? Why right before training camp? You just fuck. You just kind of screwed this manager, dude. You know what I mean? And now, like, like you said, with Tony playing the way he's playing, I mean, people are saying that they're better off that, I mean, I know you said it. I think you kind of underlyingly said it earlier. Is this team better off playing out without Ronaldo? Is is it going to be help the dressing room? Obviously, it's going to help the dressing room because if he comes back, and they have to deal with this shit, you know what I mean? I don't know. You see, it's just I I look at him and again, I don't know. I'm fucking forty years old. This dude's younger than me. He's like two, three years younger than me. Why am I fanboying over this dude? But yet. I could say he's the reason I started watching Manchester United because he's a motherfucker who's badass. You know what I mean? And I followed his career, and now I love I love the club more than I love him. You know what I mean? I mean I I love the club more. I mean, and he's doing this to my club. I it's just one of those things where, you know, it's just I don't I'm not, I'm not saying he's my hero, but it fucking hurts me. You know what I mean? It does. That the fact that you're willing to backstab your club. I don't care if he goes to another club, but not fucking Chelsea. You know what I mean? I don't care if he goes to fucking Atletico. I don't give a fuck. There are rumors that they're a dark horse for him now. Bayern Munich doesn't want him. PSG can't afford him because they already have Mbappe, Messi, and Neymar on fucking high wages. I mean, they're going to add another half a million pounds. You know what I mean? It's just, it is, I don't know, man. I'm very disappointed and... And I don't know, half of me says I don't want him on the club because he's going to be a cancer. And the other half of me is like, you belong at United. Fill out, fulfill out what you, what you came to do and bring us back to Champions League. 
but I don't know if he can do that. Well, I think it's fine to feel everything you're feeling. That's the first off. But I don't think, you know, for me, I've been saying this forever about players, man. I just, I really think they want to play around other great players. They want to be a part of something bigger than Europa or the championship or anything lower level than the best. He has been, in my opinion, a transcendent player, someone who has taken the game. And I mean, you got, you got people right now in Bangkok who are spinning everything they have just to go see this guy because he's that transcendent of a player. Um, that's the first thing. Yeah, no, no, but did they get him? Does who get him? You said people in Bangkok, they spent all their money yeah. to come see him. And, and but that, did, did, was he there? That's, but my, my point is this, that's the reason they bought the t- tickets. They didn't buy the tickets for anybody else on that pitch, in my opinion. No. Are they fans of the club? No, I think I, majority I, I, of those guys. I've seen, I've seen, you, I, I've seen tours in, you know, in Africa and Asia. And the past ones we've done. Manchester United's brand is the brand. Yes, Ronaldo's brand is I'm, up there. But I'm not. I'm not. Ar- I'm not arguing that he's bigger than United. What I'm arguing is, is that if you had an opportunity, anybody had an opportunity to see him play live, which I haven't had the blessing to do. So I've watched him play on TV my whole life. And I've been to United. I've been to a game just like you've been. But if you have the chance to watch him play, and he's not in his prime right now. He's on the tail end of his career. It's a ticket you would you would die to have. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, this guy for the past, I don't know, 19 years has played in the Champions League. This is a big deal for him. Um, he wants to play in that competition. He likes that competition. He's dominated and won that competition four times. And I'm probably, I was probably one of more than that. I'm probably missing one. So for him, he's looking at this from a standpoint of the moment he realized we were going to be sixth place, he probably got on the phone with his agent and said, what can we do? Is there anything out there that we can do to ensure that I'm, when that music comes on, I'm a part of that process. I'm a part of the commercials. I'm a part of the games. What can we do? And his agent's a, his, his, his agent's a dog, so he's going to go out and look for teams that, that are viable and that can play in that Champions League position. So well, it's did, a business. Why did he come out and say that he backed the manager and he's willing to work with the manager and he's looking forward to that? Then don't do the fucking Be, interview. Because CR7 is a brand. And I know you hate that. I know you don't like the brand thing. I know you don't like the Instagram thing. These guys have an image to uphold. No, that, and that, when that, you come out that, and say that. things like that, what do the fans do? The fans do what you did, and they go, "Oh man, that's great! I'm glad that you did this." We got to remember, and I and I'm and I'm guilty of this. So what is? I mean, Wayne what, Rooney what wanted to. Wayne Rooney. Wayne, Wayne Rooney wanted to leave the club, and he was very public about wanting to leave the club. And a lot of people to this day have not forgiven him. And the players, even players, even Neville said, you know, we were so shocked that, that, you know, we wouldn't expect a star player like that to come out and say he doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. And Wayne said, listen, I went to the gaffer and said, look, who are you bringing in? Like, who are the other dogs that I'm going to be playing with? Because I'm not playing with no scrubs. I'm a dog and I play with dogs. I don't play with little puppies. 
And that's where Ronaldo's at. Ronaldo doesn't play with little babies. He's played with dogs from the moment he stepped off that airplane from, from Lisbon. He's played with dogs his whole life, his whole career. Look it up. Look up the players. Look at the teams. And that's not diminishing him. That's just a standard that he set that I'm going to be a star. I'm going to score the most goals. I'm going to have the most assists. And I'm going to be a part of a winning program. We are currently a project. That's what Masters United is. We're a project with a brand new coach trying to bring in brand new players and play a, a brand new system. He doesn't want to. He's 39. I he doesn't want to be a part of a project. So I I don't think I don't think you don't come out. And when Aaron Tanga gets hired and say, I'm willing to, you know, I'm looking forward to working with him. He could have said nothing. I mean, so look, what's the difference between the backlash he's getting now? To the backlash if he said something back then. It's nothing. You know, people at Manchester United fans are pissed. So, yes, he's going to lose Instagram followers. It's either do lose them now, then, or now. Because you know what? You look like a coward. You look like a coward. He looks like a coward. He looks like a man of his, not of his word. And nobody loves a man, likes a man not of his word. Well, I ultimately think it's still up in the air, which is the worst part. Yeah, no, nobody because wants him. He looks, he's going he's gonna to come back to Manchester United with fucking tails between his legs, period. Well, I'm saying it's still up in the air. He could. No, um, he you know, he, he no, might, he, he he might be able to go somewhere that? else. Where? I don't, I'm not this, listen, his agent, his agent is a lot better than me and you at figuring out where to put players. Cristiano Ronaldo is someone who, again, if, if anything, he's going to score goals, he's going to get you assists. That's a fact. I think the bottom line is with so many suitors starting to tell him, we don't want you, we don't want you. He's looking in the mirror every day and going, well, damn. This ain't what I signed up. I thought people were going to be jump. I thought Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool. You know, I thought everybody's going to be coming out the woodworks to get me. And he's figuring out they don't want the problem. And it's not him. It's what he brings. It's the fact that if you look at United finishing second last year, and then the year before this last this past season we finished sixth. He still had 24 goals in all competitions. But what did it bring to the team? And that was the issue with Juventus. Once he left Real, went to Juve, that was the issue most of the players said. He's going to get off. He's going to get 20-some-odd goals. He's going to win the Ballon d'Or. But what are we going to get? Are we going to win Champions League? No. Are we going to win the league? Possibly. But it's not a guarantee. So I think ultimately what could wind up happening is it goes through the preseason. Everything goes through. And I think you're right. I don't think any suitors are going to come get him. And then what winds up happening is he has to come back. At five hundred thousand dollars a week, which is difficult to to match, so I don't think that this is going to tarnish the overall legacy. But people will be upset. Like I said, there's United fans who are still upset with Wayne Rooney for what he said. Fans that are still upset with Beckham for wanting to go to Real Madrid. I ultimately think he made a mistake. That's just my opinion. He shouldn't. He he should do what you said. But I think his heart wants to be on a team that's winning things, that has aspirations to win Champions League, and that's just not where we're at. So it sucks. I hate to say it because I love watching him play, but I hope I, I've been praying, not just for for, for us to, to uh, not have him around, but I just don't want him to screw up anyone's progression. Look at this for just for, for a fact. Yeah. There are people there are people in United 
and I got this from United We Stand, which is one of those podcasts I told you about, who did not want him at the club before he came. They did not want it to happen. But Woodward and, Woodward and company yep. said, look at the commercial value that this kid's going to bring. Yep. Look at the T-shirts that he's going to sell. Yep. Look at how valuable he will be as an asset to the club. And he came. And it really screwed up. If you look at the progression, right? Third place, second place. We're moving forward. Mm -hmm. This guy is a huge wrench. So again, look at what look at what clubs are valued at getting if they if they get sixth place in the Champions League. It's 160 million. It used to be 80. It's 100. And that's for sixth place in Champions League. We don't even sniff Champions League if Ronaldo's not around. So Ronaldo. Even though I think he would slow progress, he's still a great player. Is he a great team player? Probably not. Probably not right now. Probably not for quite some time. But he's a great individual asset. I call him. Uh, I call him luxury players. That's what he is. We don't need that. We don't need any luxury players. We don't need any Cadillacs or or, or Porsches or Lamborghinis. We need dogs who are on the same page, have the same goal of winning games. And I don't think he does that for you. Um, it's unfortunate. I hate the fact that he lost a child because I think that kind of gets thrown into the mix of things. If we just stick to just business, he's a bad business move um, from a soccer standpoint. From a from a fans and a stadium standpoint, he's box office. He's a, You don't have any idea what that cat's going to do. You have no clue. He might score a hat trick. He might do a bicycle kick that you've never seen before. You have no clue. That's why he's one of the greats, something greatest of all time. Um, but for this United squad, I hope he gets a contract with someone. I don't care where it is, France, Spain. I just hope it's not in England. And I definitely hope it's not for Manchester United. I was one of those people, EC. I, uh, I didn't want him to come back, especially after the season we had earlier. Uh, but when City was involved, I, yeah, I was like, fuck, we have to get him back. We have to get him back. And I agree. I think, um, and I agree with the, he saved us. I mean, we could have been, I guess we could have been mid, mid, mid table last year. Um, but there's a flip of the coin where we're concentrating on him scoring. I mean, so it took away goals from other players that argue that argument could be happened. My my thing about this, it's um, the loyalty. You know what I mean? I, if, if he would have come out after the season and said, look, I'm 38 years old. I love United, but yet I want to play Champions League football. And I'm, I'm there's, But there's no loyalty. There's no loyalty in modern day sports with, with the, the, the free agency market. There's no loyalty. No, no, there used to be loyalty back in the 70s and 80s when – Players didn't get paid enough money to just live off of that paycheck. No. But hey, Seuss, you got to be realistic, man. You're, you're, you know, you, you know that if there's a market for you, which there is, you are a badass at what you do at your job. And if people said to you, "Hey, Seuss, look, we're gonna easy, give easy, you easy, 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 whatever easy. X amount of money it yes, is to yes. do what you easy. do," you're gonna sit down and make a business decision. Easy. You're not gonna sit easy. down and go, "Look, I'm loyal to this company that has taken care of me." Easy. You're gonna make a business decision. You, you made you, okay. Yes, the like, well, let's talk about United as a business. The fans is a business. You just said it. People still hate David Beckham for wanting to go to Real Madrid, right? 
in when Ronaldo went to Madrid, he stayed that year. That you know, the he was supposed to go after going the Champions League. He stayed. He still went to Real Madrid. You heard no peep from any United fan. They still sung his name in the rafters when he'd come back to Old Trafford. That what against um, when Jose beat Sir Alex in two thousand three, right? Two thousand three or two thousand two. They still sung his name. So United fans still, I mean, love him no matter what. So yes, commercial value. Yes, he has a commercial value. By this loyalty, I'm saying, I'm not saying stick with United. By this loyalty, he he knows, you know, don't fuck my fucking, the, your main fan base. One of the biggest fan bases in the world, you see. And if you do this, if you go to another, if, you go to, if he goes to another uh, Premier League team, it's gonna fucking for her. It's gonna hurt his brand. Don't if he goes to Chelsea. Chelsea, my... Chelsea does not have a, as big of a fan base as, as United. <clears throat> and you know what? They're not gonna embrace him like Manchester United fans have. By doing if he this, goes, by doing this, he... no, no, by doing this, he is gonna be a pariah among Manchester United fans. If he goes to any club in the world and plays and does what he normally does. When he's finished up his MLS career, if they don't build a, a trophy, a statue outside of Old Trafford why? of this kid, it's a travesty. No, why? Well, he only, okay, he's not because the top he goal. is the he's greatest not, he's player. Not the top goal scorer. He is the greatest not with player United, not with to United. ever play no, the game. Not with United. And I and people can talk no, all they want no, about how no. you need to be this and you need to be that. Why? Okay. He is the greatest at Madrid, player yes. who has Madrid, ever yes. played. The game. Madrid, the reason we yes. watch the game Madrid, is no, because as fans we love it. No but I'm telling you right now, it's no. not the same in the '60s and the '70s, That's where like, these guys were so they weren't solely dependent on football. Okay, okay. This guy, this quick. guy is not Time just a football player. This guy quick. is going to Time be ten times Time bigger than he is from when he's playing right now. That's how Time big this guy quick. is. Time out real quick. So should the Lakers build a statue for LeBron outside the outside the? Why would they do that? Staple? Why would no, they no, do no. that? He's the greatest. Player. Why would they do that? He's one of the greatest players. Why would they do that? Well, he's one of the greatest players. Where did he start his career? Where did he start his career? He's one of the. But he would. He, Where did he start his career? LeBron. In Cleveland. Yeah. So that's where the statue will be built. Where so, did Ronaldo start his career? Sporting Lisbon. He started his career at Manchester United. That's where no, everyone knew him Lisbon. at. No, because if that were the case, then new old boys would have a trophy of Messi out front of their, their deal. So let's not go back to when they were kids. When he was a dog, no. when he was the man, it was at Manchester United. That's where he was he, made. He was a top goal scorer for one year in Manchester United. If you say Manchester, no, no, if you no, say no. Ronaldo... Everyone's going to say you started at Manchester United to a man. Yes or no? He started, yes. He was a kid. Okay, so that's where the trophy, that's where the statue will be planted. LeBron James no. started his career in Cleveland no. and won championships no. in Miami. No. Yes or no? no? Yes. Yes. So so why would they not, why would they, would they put a trophy in Miami too? Yes. No. They're going to put it in Cleveland. Why? That's where he's from. That's where he started things. Oh if he would have started in Miami and did a legacy in Miami, they put the statue in Miami. Is, is, is Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo in the top 15 goal scorers at Metro United? At 
United? Yeah. I'd have to do my research or Google's. I don't know off the top, but I can tell you this: is he the best player that's ever played at United? Yes. But where do you know where the answer is? Yes. Where did he? Are you serious? Right. So now he's not the best player of all time for United. In the world of soccer, from the history, he is the best player. To ever play the game. Yes, I'm not. No, I'm not. The so best. you're so you're telling me you what's so what you're telling me is Madrid, is because this guy this guy you're telling me that this guy who transcended the game who took it from being I I would say uh, I would I would so say from level so five to Cosmos. about a level so fifty wherever the New York Cosmos used to play they should put a statue of Pele out in front of it. Of where? Wherever the New York Cosmos. Pele should have a statue in New York City right now because he played for the Cosmos. So, again, again, you're talking you're talking about Pele who started his career and everyone knew him in Brazil as a 17-year-old. So, That's where everyone knew him. That's where he got his World Cup Barcelona start from that club in Brazil. What are you talking so, about? So, so Barcelona have a statue of Mar- Mar- Maradona? Should Napoli, again. Should Napoli have a statue again. of Maradona? When 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 you when you start talking about when you start talking about beginnings of careers and you're 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 pulling at straws because I tore your LeBron James thing to shreds. Now you're bringing up this player and that player. Let's focus on the guy we're talking about. Let's focus on the person that we're talking about. We're not talking about Maradona or LeBron James. We're talking about the best player. You can listen. You can skate around it all you want. You're upset, and I understand that, which is what I said. But this, this guy is different gravy. This is not – this. you're comparing him to people who do not need to be in his atmosphere. They're not. And you, you – if, if, you, if you feel like he's on other players' levels, that's totally fine. I don't think LeBron James is the best basketball player to ever play. I think Michael Jordan is. I think those two guys could have a conversation. But LeBron's not in Cristiano Ronaldo's – atmosphere he's just not and he can try and aspire to be after he's done but i think ronaldo will surpass him i think it'll be way and lebron's already started look at his podcast that he's doing right now the tv show the movies he's already started ronaldo will surpass that it won't even be close because he's a worldwide brand way before lebron was Anyways, let's move on this is not even close so uh, Frank Dion. I feel bad Frank for Dion, us Frank Dion, as fans Frank because I think Dion, he's going to ruin. Frank he could Dion, ruin what could be a beautiful Dion. season. Yeah, let's move on to Frankie Dion. Uh, do you think Frankie Dion is playing checkers or is? I'm sorry. How does it, how does that term go? Is he playing chess? Uh, does he know he's coming to United and he wants to get his cash? Is he or he's saying fuck United? I'm just gonna you know this. I'm not leaving Barcelona. I have done my Googles on this. <laughs> I have done all, all my research on uh, on Frankie De Young. Um, you know, and I'll um, I want to get your real feedback. So, and fans that can't see, we're taking a quick little uh, bathroom break, if you will. But I'll uh, I'll humor you guys for the real fans out there that know. Um, Frankie is someone who is a an excellent talent, someone who's good on the ball, and someone who 
clearly Tin Khan has a uh, a liking for him. Obviously, there's someone that he's picked and that he wants. So when I'm looking at all those factors, I'm like, okay, got a lot of promise. Let's go ahead and bring him in. So if you look at the situation as it sits right now, and this has been reported, and I want I want everyone to, if they get a chance, I want them to look up a guy by the name of Graham Hunter. He is an expert on La Liga and all things uh, Spanish League. Frankie de Jong does not want to come to Manchester United. Full stop. He wants to stay at Barcelona and prove that he's worth the money that they paid for him to come from Ajax. He said that. I completely believe that um, with everything that I've got because, like I said, the lit, the quality of living over there is great. The weather. His wife likes it a lot. He just got married. He likes just playing for Barcelona. Here's the problem. Javi doesn't really think he's the man. Period. I mean, that's that's the, that's the situation. If if Javi thought this guy was the next Iniesta, he wouldn't be going anywhere. Why isn't Gavi up? Why isn't Fati up? Why isn't Dembele up? Why aren't any of these kids up? Because he's still under contract. So why aren't any of these other guys up? There's been a lot of false narratives created about the fact that Barca doesn't have any money. It couldn't be so much further from the truth. It, it's 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 really laughable. It's really laughable when you listen to this guy. Like I said, I'm shouting him out. I'm getting all my facts from this cat who he covers La Liga. His name is Graham Hunter. He's absolutely amazing. Just completely smoked three guys on Talk Sport when they tried to give him the English um, media's take on D, on Frankie Gian. He wants to stay. He wants to prove his worth. United want him, and Barca would like to sell him for a very high price. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's up to now $75 million with $10 million in add-ons. So, Chelsea's coming in the picture too, right? Chelsea have come in late. So, you know, I, I, do I think he would help? Possibly. I mean, you, you've been forced out of situations. I've been forced out of situations to go do something. You're usually not in the best headspace. And you know better than I do, when the athletes aren't in the best headspace, they don't perform well. Um, and if I know a guy doesn't want to come, and it can be for whatever reason. He doesn't want to be a part of a project. He doesn't want to live in England. His wife doesn't like England. It could be a, a plethora of reasons. The fact of the matter is he doesn't want to go. Barca have asked every single player to cut their wages. Every single one of them. And it's not even cut. That's the wrong word. It was, it's been described as deferred. not get paid, not get paid right away. And then get paid deferred. not right away. They yeah. defer. Exactly. Thank you. Those guys are making money hand over fist. I, I, I described to you in, in text message, but I got more information. They signed a new Spotify deal, TV, a t-shirt deal worth 280 million. The 10% that they're selling is going to bring in 200 million. They've already talked to the members because remember, Barca is owned by the members. It's not owned by some douchebag like the like the the Glazers. Their members have now decided to sell another fifteen percent, which is at three hundred million. They have a license and purchasing deal, which is for another three hundred million. Now, you know me; I'm not the best at math, but that's a lot of money that they're bring that that's there. So they're not. You know better than I do. There are several clubs who they live in debt. 
That's that you have long-term debt and you have short-term debt. Major companies who do great for themselves every quarter, they have debt. It happens. It's not that big of a deal. Frankie's situation is very unique because the player doesn't want to come. He has strong ties to the coach. Coach knows him. It's going to be, uh, he's also played with Vanderbeek, so he knows a player. So all these stories can start to happen. Mm-hmm. Fact of the matter is, is that we want him, right? Barca want to sell him. The player's sitting there going, look, someone's going to pay this $17 million. I don't give a crap if it's you or it's you, but I would rather it be Barcelona. So I don't like it Every, after everything that I heard today. I hope he stays there. Hopefully there was a second option of someone to get, but it looks like Ten Ha really wants this kid. And uh, I just don't want it to be a situation where we force, they force him out. He's unhappy. His wife's not settled. She had to move her house and he's pissed off. He's trying to figure it all out because if he doesn't, you already know what happens to big time players. As far as money is concerned with Manchester United fans, they don't know how to act. If you're worth 80 million, you better score 50 goals and have 30 assists or you're trash. So I feel bad for him. I really do. But it's sports. It's business. And he's going to have to figure something out. Well, I don't like the fact that we're getting dragged to the mud through this. Again, 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 every fucking year, it's the United tax. You know what I mean? It's this whole thing that everybody knows that we're desperate. So we're going to get bent over a barrel. So... Do I want United to walk away from this deal? Deep down inside? Yes, I do. You know what? Just show them, fuck you. We don't need him. We have somebody else in mind. But the incompetency of the, how would you say, the scouting staff, or Murtaugh and, 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 and Ju- or Arnold, right? It seems like. I know they signed uh, well, uh, Martinez. Well, but what? But, but what have I been saying? What have I been saying for years? And, and you can quote me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I always say what they don't back the manager. They don't back the manager, right? Ten Ha wants this kid, so you know this is the the one off time where you're like, you guys want this cat? And Ten Ha's like, yeah, I want him. Like, go get this guy. And they're trying to get this guy. But okay, but in that scenario, you see, he wants him. The player doesn't want to come. How the fuck is, I mean, it's, how is he, how, how is Ten Hag going to get him mentally ready for the grueling, okay, grueling season that is the Premier League and the grueling season of Manchester United giving up to what you said, a big wage bill? This is exactly what this guy said today. It was, it's perfect that you said that. Okay. How many players have been forced out of their club? It happens every year. It happens every year, every transfer window. This is nothing new. This is not. This is nothing out of the ordinary. This is nothing special. This is nothing, uh, trans, you know, controversial. It's none of that. You know why it's news? It's because it's United. Yeah. It's because it's Manchester United, and they pump everything up every day. This is the bottom line. You may not like the move, and I'm talking about Frankie. I'm not talking about you. Frankie might not like the move. He may not like Manchester. He may not like the weather. He might not like the cult. It. None of that matters. Here's what matters. You're going to get a paycheck from someone. It's going to come every week. It's going to be about 200 grand, 250 grand every week. Someone's going to give you that in your hand, in your bank account, legacy for the rest of your life. That's a fact. Someone's going to give it to you. Whoever that is, that's where you're going to play. 
It's business. And it's so eloquently put, if you guys get a chance, this guy's Twitter is amazing. His interview process. I mean, he just shuts the, calls them Muppets to their face, and he's not doing it in a disrespectful way. The, the fact that the, the media there is portraying this as this big, controversial, Barca's in dead, and they have to sell Frankie, and none of that stuff's true. Frankie wants to stay because he wants to prove himself. He said that. Javi doesn't want him. Why? Because he hasn't set the world on fire. He's been there, what, two and a half years or three seasons? Delit has been there. Juventus. And then we had Donny how many seasons? Two, right? Three, right? Because two and then one with Juve? I mean, Juventus? Or not, uh, Everton? Or is it just one with us and one with Everton? We've had Donny two. At least two seasons. Let's yeah. just say two seasons. In the two yeah. seasons no, no, that Frankie's there, been at Barcelona. He's been there three. He, he hasn't lit the world on fire, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. He, he hasn't done anything where you'd go on, okay, I get what was going on at Ajax. I understand it. That's why they signed. He had not any of that. So, again, if you get a chance to, to, to live out your boyhood dream, which his boyhood dream, one of them was, to play for one of these big, big clubs, he's there. His wife, before girlfriend, now wife, loves living there. That's a huge thing, right? If your wife's happy, you're usually going to have a good life. And he wants to live there. He likes Barcelona, right? So you have all these factors that are very normal, mm-hmm. commonplace to you. have a job. You like where you live. You make good money. You don't want to leave. You want to prove that you're the man. So I, I see it playing out where if the money talks – and United continue to say, okay, you didn't want 70, you want 75. Okay, you want 80. Okay, we'll give you 85 plus 10 and add on. Let's do it. And then Barca goes, sure. <laughs> why not? Why, why would we not take the cash? So I hope it doesn't play out that way. I hope they have, and, and they're smarter than I am, so they have to have some sort of a backup. But I think this is that one-off time where coach, like Jose Mourinho, if Jose would have got all the players he would have got, maybe he's still around. If Van Hall gets the players he wants, maybe he's still around. You know, so this is that time where I, I'm conflicted in that only, but it's very clear as day what's going on. Player wants to stay. Club wants to get rid of him. He's under contract, so th- I think he'll wind up at United. <coughs> but if the club wants to get rid of you, it's like the new girlfriend, old girlfriend kind of thing. If a club wants to get rid of you, your manager doesn't like you. You know what I mean? This is where I'm saying, like, if the club has basically said, we need to sell him for financial reasons. I flat out said that. And then Laporte, he talks about, you know, both sides of his mouth. Or, you know, know, there's, I mean, they're quotes from these guys. They're bored. The people that make the decisions. Laporte says no, he's not going anywhere, and then it comes out to we already agreed to his because we, you know, we we're financially strapped. So yes, Graham Hunter could say, you know, and I agree, you know, if he has an inside source, whatnot, this, you know, whatever. Uh, but it's if 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 you know that the team doesn't want you and you're not going to get PT, I think that he's basically hold he he's holding it up to say, you know what, fuck you. I've already, I mean, Ten Hag, and, and there has to be some underlying kind of thing that him, Ten Hag knows that he's coming, but yet he's going to get paid by fucking Barca. 
Barca's going to pay him what they own at 17 million. 17 million euros or pounds or whatever they fucking call it. And he's going to come to Manchester. And I, I don't think it's going to get bumped up to 85 million because there's this, it was already agreed on 65 million plus add-ons, right? Am I correct? It's it's seventy five plus ten million in add-ons. It's already above eighty million dollars. Okay. When it's all said and done, we're gonna wind up giving them eighty million dollars if he comes, no, and he performs at all. But who's gonna be paying the so, seventeen million that's owed? Us? It's gonna be negotiated. That's what the guy talked about today. It's gonna be worked out and negotiated between his agent and Barcelona. And Manchester United, it's going to get worked out. It happens every year. That's why he was try- trying to normalize, like, and show these guys, like, this isn't anything unusual. It's it's Manchester United makes it. If this was Everton, <laughs> no disrespect, but it would not be front news. No one would care. Yeah. You might hear the name, and you might see a glimpse on Fabrizio Romano's the deal, but it's not going to be ESPN. It's not. Because it's not a big club. This is Manchester United's the biggest club in the world. So, you know, like I said, I think if Tenha wouldn't have had him in the past and know who he is and he didn't play with with, uh, with Donnie and, you know, the, that little trio there, I don't think it would be that big of a story. But because of the simple fact of the matter is it's United and, you know, he really wants his kid. He wants to stay at Barca. Like I said, man, look at the player. Look at the name of players. They, they played a scrub team today. I know people are going to get mad at me, but I don't give a, give a crap. They played Inter Milan or Inter Miami today. Miami. Beat them 6 nothing. Obama Yang scored. Their new signing, Rafinha, scored. Fati scored. Gavi scored. Memphis Depay scored. Dembe- you think they're really pressed about Frankie de Young? No. I don't. I think they can give two craps about Frankie de Young, and they're like, look, look at what we have Did he here. Did he play? There's uh, one kid who's not been transcendent. So what 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 are we, what are we talking about? Did he play? Who? Did Frankie Dion play? I'm asking you. You're, you have the stats. Oh no! Absolutely not! Absolutely not! Absolutely not! And and I don't and I honestly, I don't think, and if if I was him and I was trying to sell him, I'm not going to play him. He gets hurt and I can't trade him. So I'm not going to I'm not going to play him until I know exactly what he's going to do for the season. He's settled in. And that's what he's going to do. Then I would start playing him. But no. And it, and it's crazy because um, Lewandowski was actually in the United States with the team today. So they're they're moving forward. They're moving forward. They're on tour. They they got their guys back. I I don't know how excited you are about Ansu Fati, but I I think he's transcendent. And he's been hurt. So he may be that situation where he turns into the you can't. Well, I love your quote. Can't make the club in a tub. That might be him, but he comes out today, scores a goal. They're running 4-3-3. Aubameyang's up top. They're about to put Lewandowski up top. I mean, I like I said, I'm, not, I'm, I'm really surprised him. they offered Moussa Dembele. Or Moussa Dembele? Or, I know Dembele. Yeah, I'm surprised they still offered a contract, even though he's injury prone. I mean, again, this is a player who, and I know, and I agree with you, injury prone, gets hurt, but when he's on, he's on. So he's sitting down, and they're and they're looking at things. His his agent saying, "Hey, this is what we think." The club saying, "Well, this is what we think." So I think the deal gets done. But if it doesn't, they just went and got Rafinha. He started today and scored a goal. You know, so 
I don't I don't think that that club is, is in as dire straits as we'd like to believe. Actually, I like I said, you guys do your own research, your own Googles, your own whatevers. Um, I think, again, a lot of Fortune 500 companies, they live in debt. They're short term and there's long term. They live in it. And that's where Barca's at. And they're they're making money. And so I think when you look at a player like that, you've got to say to yourself, what have you what have you produced? I think Ten Ha is looking at it and saying, you haven't produced because you're not playing for the right system and the right coach. You come play for me, I'll show the world what everyone was going to see at I everyone saw at IX. I'll show you guys. I think that's where he's looking at things. And, and De Jong's like, I'm, I'm going to show everyone I can do it at Barca, my own thing, my own way. So it's tough. I typically would not like to have a guy that doesn't want to be here, but again, what are you going to do? You know, it's business. You, you're going to have to, unless you want to pull a, uh, what was the guy from basketball that sat out? Was it Kyrie Irving that sat out? Or I can't remember, but you can sit out if you don't want to play. That's fine. Um, but I don't see him doing that. I see him playing for one of those two clubs. And if I had to bet, I would bet it be Manchester United. Well, let's see if something gets done. All right, see, I'm going to throw you a curveball for the last question because I know I didn't prepare you for this. But I wanted your honest, raw answer that you just think about, okay? Um, we're going to make this short because we're already coming up on two hours, over two hours. Uh, Marcus Rashford was on The Shop. Did you get to see that? LeBron's The Shop? I haven't watched it. Oh, okay. Well, I know there's been a lot of not controversy, but a little about of internet buzz going around uh, regarding that because... During that episode, obviously, they talked about this is the episode that I don't know you probably heard where LeBron talked about Brittany Garner and why, you know, why would she want to come back to the United States? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's been the major controversy from that, uh, that piece. Uh, but on the other side of the pond, there's been some, um, uh, some backlash that um, from some influencers, you know, uh, podcasters and YouTubers that, you know, we listen to. They were disappointed the way Marcus Rashford handled a certain question regarding race in England. The actor um, from uh, the Kevin Peel movies, the one Oscar-winning actor. Uh, God, what yeah. Was his name? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, he does. got the new movie, Nope, that's coming out. Yes, yep. yes. Uh, he was on there as well. So they asked, you know, about, they asked about Marcus, uh, about what happened again, you know, at the, at the World Cup and the backlash that he got and, um, you know, him, Saka, and um, Sancho got, you know, for missing their goals. Um, right. You know, and, and it was, you know, they, you know, and obviously it's um, LeBron's, LeBron's guy. What's his name? Um, Maverick. Maverick Carter. Maverick Carter. He was, he was the one asking the questions. He said something about, you know, do you feel that it would have been different if there are white people, you know, white, you know, players that have would have gotten the backlash as y'all, you know, you Saka and 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 you know this is that and uh, and and Sancho because obviously the racist remarks come out. And this isn't that. So right. And Marcus says, and he, he answered it in a way that I I I respect it, but I want to get your opinion. He basically says. You know, you have to understand English football, you know what I mean? And the way England football, you know, react. And he brought up the Beckham 
You know what I mean? Beckham got death threats, and he brought up uh, he brought up another person. He's like, yes, people are racist. You know what? So I just have to make sure that I tone that out, and I don't. I understand that. You know, um, it, you know, it, they're pissed off at the fact that you know that they we lost. They're not really pissed off at me. And then the other guy, the and the, uh, the actor, the winner, kind of basically did a not a U-turn, but he's like, no, man. He's like, you know, we, you know, it's like we've, you know, being in England, yes, we experience racism all the time. You know, they don't care, you know, they don't care that I win an Oscar. They don't see that I'm an Oscar-winning actor. They see me as a black man first. So, obviously, Marcus is getting a lot of flack from especially how, um, the African English. I don't know, how, to, how would you say African American here, but African English and, and back home. He's going to not get backlash, but just getting more of a, you know, why didn't you know why didn't he say more about the racism and you know but basically just gave a football answer right you know about saying you know you know even Beckham has gotten death threats uh, I think he brought up Phil Neville as well and that he's gotten death threats as well um, and the, that's that's the way English the English respond to you know getting knocked out of the you know um, a major cup uh, but the way that the other actor the actor said it was like you man they see basically race first you know. And he's like, and it's funny, he's like, the people that are racist are the adults, you know what I mean? Because they say, they always see my color first rather than, you know, him as a person. You know, especially as when he was young, growing up. And, you know, he's giving examples of this, this, and that. So, I don't, I, for me, I don't think that Marcus should be getting flack for his answers on the show. I mean, you should, go ahead and see it. I don't kind of blindsiding you with this. Uh, I wish You're you fine. Saw it. I wish you'd have seen it, but I don't see where. I mean, why he's getting what he's getting flat because, you know, I mean, yes, it was horrible what was going on, and we would we've addressed that in past pods, and racism has no business in sport. Period. Uh, but I don't see why people, you know, on his own people, his own people, you know, people of his color, you know, what I mean, are getting on for him because he didn't express more, especially on a. A platform like the shop is you know because it is it's on youtube it's a youtube show um and they have prominent people obviously you know um, activists in their own right you know i don't see why he's getting he's getting pushback from from people when he just gave an honest answer it's like man it's just he even said it's just football you know what i mean that's the way football is we have to make sure that we just tone it out you know zone out I don't know. Uh, I gave you a, it's a you know synopsis of what happened, but yeah, uh, I th- I think it's a tricky one just because of the simple fact that he's made himself more than just a football player, right? He's gone out and fed the kids. He's made a statement, to, you know, read books, and he's been more than just um, a Manchester United football player. So I think you know when you're asked a question about race and you if if if, if what he's saying is tone it out. I think most people are going to look at it and say, "This was you're someone who we look up to outside of sport. And so for you to be so prominent and want to feed kids, which is great, if this was your opportunity to say, you know, these people are horrible, I'm totally aware of what's going on, I don't like what's happening in sport, they shouldn't be saying these things, even though it it is sport and it is tradition, those traditions, quote unquote, are things that we in America, we've lived with and we've lived through and we've gone, okay, well, 
yeah, people are racist, but that's just the way that the country was built. Well, it doesn't matter. If if we have someone like Trump, and I'm not going to go off on a tyrant on him because I don't like the guy, but when everything's going really well and the country's starting to progress, it's people like that that send that pendulum back because they're bringing us back to the way that we started. So for Marcus, that would have been a great opportunity for him to step out and say, look, I missed I missed those goals. I missed those those penalties and it was horrible. However, it doesn't give anyone the right to call me out of my name. You can boo me. You can say I'm not a very good player. But when you use racial epithets and you use racial slurs, there's no room for that in our sport. Yeah. And I think that would have then sent people into a thing of, OK, now Marcus is this activist. And again, your words, they're huge, especially if you're someone who is as big as he is. So they may have looked at it as if he was saying he's not he will tackle hunger, but he won't tackle race. This is the one thing that hurts Michael Jordan's legacy is that he never really tackled race. Um, he donated tons of money, tons of money. Right. And has supported folks. But that's the one thing he never really wanted to jump into that arena. Republicans so buy shoes. I think. <laughs> right. Buy my shoes, stand in line, get killed for them. But I'm not going to talk about race. So I think I think. For Marcus, it would have been probably, and and I and I I can I can probably surmise this. LeBron's smart enough, and Rashford's team smart enough to say, "Listen, what are you going to ask him? Because whatever you ask him, it's going to get out to the media, and they're going to have a shit show with whatever I say." So, if you're going to ask me about race, he probably talked about it and discussed with his team what was the next best step for his brand. Because again, I know you hate it, but. These guys are all these walking ads. That's what they are. And the moment you step out of your thing, right, just shut up and dribble, the moment you do that, now you're this, be it feeding the kids, be it the activist, be it the environmentalist, whatever you're talking about, when you have 200 and, I don't know, Marcus probably has 100 million followers, that speaks volumes to the world. Mm -hmm. So I think... You know, black people, uh, people of color in general, when they see someone who has this this platform, they want you to speak out. Because, again, if 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 something's tolerated um, and not spoken to um, what you're basically saying in, in my eyes, you're saying that part, you just don't worry about that. Complacent. Somebody else will get that. But I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm doing hunger right now. I'm not I'm not doing race right now. So. Again, I think Marcus is a great person mm -hmm. first because, again, he, he was hungry, right? So he has a passion to feed people. That's a, that's a huge accomplishment. I don't care what anybody says for the rest of his life, as long as he doesn't hurt or rape, you know, anything crazy. Great man. Good soccer player. Hope he does better. Hope he does great. But when it comes to those topics, whoever advised him or if it was just him off the cuff um, – the reason they're kneeling is because they're tired of tolerating the English way because um, that's what he grew up in. And you know better than I do. You've been watching football as long as I have. That's what they do. And they tend to think, well, because my my dad did it, my grandpa did it before him and my great grandpa did it before him. I'm supposed to use the N word. I'm supposed to call you a monkey. I'm supposed to throw bananas because that's just football. So he had a, he had an opportunity and I'll go back and watch it. I know that we're just doing the cliff notes notes i'll go back and watch it but yeah if he had a chance and he just kind of said nah i don't listen not a good answer 
Yeah, he's basically not answer. equated it to, you know, football and that situation. And he mentioned David Beckham, you know, and mentioned death, him getting death threats, um, which it's not right it's not when right. you when you play sport and you you know the story of the, I think it was a Colombian man who missed the penalty and he was killed in the in the bar when he got back home I think it was Colombia. There's there's a there's a there has to be a disconnect and it's difficult because a lot of people have money involved they bet on games they bet their they bet their they mortgage their lives on a on a game that's what it is it's a game but when there's money involved. People get a little too emotional. I think on the football side, and especially England, this is way before the millions of dollars came into play. This is culture. This is what they were raised on. So sure. for Marcus specifically, because we don't, if somebody used the N-word at, a, at an NBA game, they'd be escorted out of the game. And that's because the Jackie Robinsons, the Roberto Clementes, there's people who have come along the way and have said, we're not we're not doing that, Muhammad Ali's. We're not doing that. But so the culture there is looking for that guy. They don't they don't have that that guy. They haven't had that spoken out, you know, free. They don't they don't. So that's what I'm saying. That culture is still one. They're very very comfortable going to a a game full of eighty thousand people, and then throwing bananas at 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 the player or or saying the N-word towards them. They're very comfortable because it's culture. So here in the States, even though we got a lot of racist people, I mean, i.e. the last president, we don't play that. We're going to protest. We're going to call you out. We're going to kick you out of the bar, wherever you... We, we don't play that here. And I think that they're probably looking for that from his level. And it, what is he, 24, 25? People can change, Right. This is not the end of his life, and he can change. I think that's the one problem that if any detractors are talking bad about him, they need to also say, look, let's give the kid a chance to grow as a person. And maybe he sees the bigger picture and goes, oh, I probably should have said this. Let's at least give him the opportunity to do that um, instead of just going, oh, he's trash. He don't care about us. He don't. Let's give him a chance to be a man and grow up and, and look back on that tape and go, I should have said this and I'm sorry. And I think that's I think that's also another extra part that needs to be added in. Okay. All right. And I and I can see it on both sides. Yeah. You might not like this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Even racist people who were taught to be nasty and vilify, they also need space to grow and learn that you don't talk like that, you don't yeah. say those things, you don't act and behave that way. And they need to be able to be forgiven and then change and then show me that you've changed. Don't just, oh, I don't, I, I got, I got, I got a black friend. No, show me that you've changed. How's your behavior? How do you act now? Who do you hang out with? Where do you go? Who do you donate to? Those are all things that are part of you being a man because what right now, what we do in our culture, and I'm, and I've been guilty of it too, when someone does something and it's bad and we don't like it, they're, they're done, they're dead, it's over with. And I think there's like if you rape kids, I don't have any kind of I, I don't feel bad for you. If you're killing people for no reason, goodbye. But if you say something and you're 20 years old, when you're 30, you're not the same person you were when you were 20. You're just not. You grow, you go through things and things happen. So 
people have to be given the opportunity to be able to grow and be forgiven and then show remorse for the things that they've said and done. So I hope he's not canceled. I hope they're not saying that. I hope it wasn't that bad because. No, no, they're not. It was just more of a, well, why doesn't, you know, basically we'll look at, look at the, the award-winning actor. He's saying he's doing more for, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it was just, they're, they're disappointed. How old, how old? That's fair, but I mean, he's like I said, he's older, he's seasoned, he's grown, like he's been through some stuff, and he's American. No, he, again, he's his British. experience. He's British. It, the 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 key guy, the pill, the key and pill guy is English. No, the the actor that remember the movie Get Out. Oh, that played in it. Okay, yeah, that played in it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, no, if the really if, dark guy. I thought you were talking about the one that made the movies, but no. If if he if his experience is one that he's cultured enough yeah. and understands what I think should be said, yeah. But if Marcus is and then people said no, Marcus, we're not, not doing race. You already got the you already doing the books, brother. Dude. We can't tack we can't tackle. You ain't even playing good right now. So now you gonna take on race? They might have said well, you ain't ready yet. Let's wait till you retire and then you can tackle race. I don't know. I'm not behind the scenes. I don't know what his team said, but I can guarantee you this, man. It's a machine. It is a machine, a big one. Well, it's been a fun almost two and a half hours, EC. It's good to be back. Uh, happy belated birthday again. Uh, hope you have yes, many more. Thank you, sir. Um, and we'll hopefully let's, let's hopefully we see each other back next uh, next week sometime around the same time. And we have some more matches to talk about hopefully some more signings and hopefully some more good news regarding uh de Jong and ronaldo and if not that a backup plans to those two sign you know those two players but uh until next time guys um thank you and tune in and lucky diaz where you at